everything Sour Patch was gone except for uh, two bags of that. Wow. Must be a supply chain issue. Maybe. A limit on sourness in the world. It's all moved on to Twitter. <laughs> everyone i've got two recorders recording and if they both fail i don't know what's wrong with the universe then it's god saying knock it off <laughs> my name is david dedrick this I mean, is sneaky dragon oh sorry there you go i mean boothby <laughs> also remains sneaky dragon you're correct hello yeah Hi. sorry about last week's uh you know nothing more depressing than uh you know cracking your cracking your finger you know cracking your knuckles however you do that when they you interlace your fingers then you Push, push your hands away from yourself. I don't know why people do that before they get down to some hard work, but that's exactly what I did. Broke three three fingers and then thought, now it's time to do the show. <laughs> Opened up the file and then there was nothing there. It was so weird. Like, I don't even understand. Huh. All right. Well, let's uh, throw that out to our listeners. Technical people. What do you think happened? You know? <laughs> Uh, or there's others of you yeah. out there that, of course, do podcasts. Like we we do have other people who are podcasters who listen to this podcast because podcasters listen to podcasts. Uh, when you have lost your episodes, how did that happen? What happened to you? Because we've had it happen a variety of times in to a the variety point, of ways. To the to the point uh, which was weird because when you were telling me about this um, and saying uh, "whoopsie doodle." Uh, <laughs> at that point, I was like putting aside uh, one of my journals, and there was a thing from I think it was March 2020, because I was looking at some old cartoons that I had drawn. I'm yeah. doing daily cartoon drawings now, sure. And so I was looking at old ones. Lots of fun. Yeah, and uh, sometimes, and uh, <laughs> and uh, in the March of uh, 2020, it was like uh, I listed memories and things that happened, and one of the things was like show didn't record again, mm. and I was like, nope. There we go. Yeah, it was like it was it, that. That was like on my mind, and then you said it immediately afterwards. It was like, oh, yeah. It's one of those uh, things where you know you uh, say to your wife uh, something about, hey, you know, uh, what happened to Fudge? No one has Fudge anymore. And then all of a sudden, Facebook, like sixteen ads for Fudge pop up, and you're like, well, nah, I don't like this at all. <laughs> I meant saltwater taffy. Um, yeah, hey, let's see if saltwater taffy pops up now. Yes, let's see. You got to mention the most obscure things, right? <laughs> and then so. see what occurs. <laughs> I want to see white, white and red striped shirts and saltwater taffy. Mm-hmm. Yes, we've had we've lost it so many different ways. It's I mean some some were not like we lost a show. Some were just like you know things where I, especially early on when we were using the uh, when the we, when was, sketch when we did the show on the extra sketch. <laughs> when and I was, yes, a, essentially a slight shaking of the table and it would delete everything. <laughs> when we had the the laptop, there was you know episodes where. It only rec- we re- just recorded it to the laptop microphone. Yeah, and we actually did put one of those out. We posted one of those, but we ha- we did and more we had than one. one fan on that. <laughs> and one person, but it was, was a hardcore it. fan. They dug it. They wanted more of that <laughs> intimate mumbling. Intimate mumbling from the next room over. <laughs> Basically, a podcast by ghosts. <laughs> and then we've had um, episodes where obviously I forgot to turn on the record button. That was an er- early problem in the show. Where I would be getting like kind of excited or nervous about something that was different about what we're doing. Yeah. Might have been a guest. We happened at a live show. So just, you know, there's no like set routine of how you yeah. do this. And then when you start the show, you're just talking and then you're like, oh, wait, I guess I should also push record. Right. 
Oh, now you're looking. Speaking of which, yeah, I just you know out of just out of uh, nervousness, and then um, and then we have had like shows that yeah have like a couple times. One time I was this was a remote show where we were both recording at home, and I I turned in my chair and my my back of my chair grabbed the the cable and just yanked the recorder to the floor, and then it just, just everything disappeared wow. off of it. So yeah, all kinds of ways. We should do. We should make a list of, really of just the amount of shows that we have uh, lost. And by the way, when you get to heaven, that's one of the first things they give you is mm. the lost episodes mm-hmm. of your podcast. And then there was one time where I had it in my pocket, and when I pulled something out of my pocket, I pulled out the car. It was in a little case. Yeah. But I didn't notice it fall out of my pocket as I was paying for something at a store, and then I realized what happened. I went back, and then what was so crazy was the person went, "Oh yeah." And then he opened a drawer to give it to me, and it wasn't there. So I guess some other person had pilfered it ah. and just taken it home and erased it and used it for themselves. So right. Damn them. I've often, often went, because they just moved, that store just moved to another location. And I was so tempted to go by and go, hey, while you're moving stuff around, did you happen to find an SD card on the floor? <laughs> but uh, nah, no point. I've given up. A little store called Shifties. <laughs> a Dollarama. But yeah. What was it, a Dollarama? Yeah, same thing. So Shifties. Shifties yeah. is pretty close, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, a bunch of kids working there who, it's Alder Grove, you know, not the, not the most wholesome place in the world. So, yeah, it was um, sad. Yeah. I shouldn't say that. Alder Grove is an interesting mix. Oh, no, I meant the sadness of losing your show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think you were saying Alder Grove was sad. No, I was, <laughs> I did say it was, I said it was unwholesome, but I, I don't think that's true. I think Alder Grove is all things, whole, unwholesome and wholesome. Yeah, all the Grove. It's like uh, the root word is all. And then the grove, the grove being the world. <laughs> yeah. The world springs from the grove. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's a reason that people from Alder Grove are called Alder Groovians. Yeah, because you just made it up right now. No, I did not. Okay. I've used that many times over the years. Not Alder Grovers. But I made it up originally. Alder Grovers? Yeah, because you just do the voice. <laughs> That'd be fun. Hey, Frecky baby. Let uh, me show you yeah. where the zoo is. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. That's more fun than uh, Alder Grovians. Alder Groovians. Groovians. Yes. Okay. Well, then you got to sound cool afterwards. <laughs> and do you want to? That's a that's a burden. <laughs> it's just the name. I don't know. I didn't make it up. Nah, you did not make it up. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I'm not calling you a liar. I'm not starting this show calling you a liar at all. <laughs> starting that rumor again. Yeah. No, I do remember like we were like up recently, we kept looking at the uh, digital recorder like every half hour. Because, and going, eh? Oh, I always, I always look through the eh? show. Because we, we had another one that like went bloop because of that. that. That was another one where the cable got dislodged from the wall. Right. Like just the slightest. It's a weird. It's zoom. Yeah, it's weird. Like you think, oh, this what an advance on magnetic tape recording. This Wrong. Is. But no, like a magnetic Wrong. tape, this would never happen. Yeah, you just hit uh, record and play, ka-chunk. And say your words, and then what happened? Oh, no, you hit the wrong thing, and now everything's erased. No, that doesn't occur with the cassette tape. It all worked fine. And in fact, one of the very first digitally recorded albums was Steely Dan's album, Gaucho. And during the making of the album, a completed track was accidentally erased by the engineer. Like, he didn't mean to do it, but he just deleted an entire track off of the digital tape. Yikes. And that was gone. And so they just left that track off the album. It just doesn't, it doesn't exist. It does exist as like a... Diff, like a you can listen to it as like a, a mix down or whatever, like some sort of version that wasn't completed. Uh-huh. But the completed one, the one that they were happy with, is gone for all eternity. Oof. Which That's is less say. likely to happen. I mean, there's been incidences where, you know, I'm sure where tapes were accidentally taped over and, and things like that with, uh, with magnetic tape. But even if you had like a breakdown where the power turned off, 
the tape would still be recorded right. and you would just pick up where the, the, but if you lose power with a digital recorder, it doesn't, it doesn't record it to the SD card and, or it's save it to the SD card until you press stop. Hmm. Then it saves it to the SD card. So it's not constantly updating it in, you know, so it's really dumb. They should, I guess, ideally they would have like a memory bank inside it that has yeah. like, keeps it yeah. safe there. Yeah. And then when you, Turn you stop it, then it, d- it dumps that in onto the SD card. Let's be double plus safe. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. They, they're not. Well, there we are. They're not. Uh, so okay, uh, I'm gonna start this off uh, doing something that I will probably regret doing. Um, <laughs> but you know how we're kind of known for at the beginning of the show uh, talking about nonsense, and the nonsense usually is chocolate bar related. Sure. Like famously, we we are famous know, for that. that we is are what... so somewhat famous for that. Yeah. There's also. Uh, like the uh, our, our friend uh, Nina Matsumoto has put up a clip of The Simpsons where um, Skinner is reminiscing about chocolate bars, old chocolate bars, yeah. with his uh, platoon, and uh, compared compared that to us <laughs> unfavorably, mm. cruelly. Yes, right. She's very mean, very mean person, <laughs> uh, very kind at heart and mean at soul. Yeah, I think well, that's okay. what it is. That's... Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it. either. Maybe your sh- uh, maybe your st- shoes are just too tight. Maybe they are. Yeah. Maybe something isn't screwed on just right. Maybe <laughs> something is three thighs sizes. Anyway, it's not my place to judge. Um, no, well, we not. hope this Christmas those ghosts do their job. <laughs> we paid them. Uh, but uh, once upon a time, when I was a young man, uh, there was a chocolate bar that was out there put out by Cadbury. Okay. And it was called Rum and Butter. Yes. Now, I liked candy as a kid. I think we all did. We did. We were Most of us. I most children everyone? enjoy candy. Yeah, yeah. If most don't go steak, please. Most go, they would like some candy. Yeah. Most, yeah. Very few go, you know what? Give me some crackers. Yeah. Can I get some crackers? Oh, do they have to be salted? No, thanks. (laughs) No, thanks. Um, That is some plain taste. Yes, please. Um, But anyway, uh, so I liked basically almost all chocolate bars. Mm -hmm. With the exception of, I don't know if I had a Big Turk back then, but I probably would not care. I don't know how old the Big Turk is. I oh, know yeah. You're it a, existed then. Yeah, it existed then. Then probably a Big Turk and would I not have been there. I was a fan of it then. Um, but, but the chocolate bar that I disliked the most, mm-hmm. second second most disliked, yeah. was uh, Whoppers slash Maltesers. I like those as well. Those disturbed me. I never knew. I didn't even know what those were like until I, I read a Graham Greene book. I can't remember what the book was called now. But there's a scene in the book where he is. This guy's going to like uh, a something that I guess do people do this anymore? He's going to like a, a weekend party, you know, where he's going to stay over at okay. people's house with other people, and then and then weekend you know, style, yeah, yeah, weird, right? But this was a thing, and so this character decides he should bring like a gift, and so he just brings like a bag of Maltesers, and I had no idea what those were, mm. or even how to pronounce it when I was reading it. Oh. Do we still know? Do we are we absolutely guaranteed that they are pronounced Maltesers? I, I don't know. Yeah, they could uh, be called Malt Grovers as well. It's possible. <laughs> hey, Frankie, baby. Yeah, um, a little bit of that. And then, uh, I, yeah. So it wasn't until much later that I actually tried them, and I think I kind of made myself like them mm. because of the Graham Greene uh, element of it. Because nice. I, I like him as a writer, and so I would I would uh, eat them. Uh, take the chocolate off with my mouth and then spit the uh, <laughs> the middle bit into the toilet. And so my my parents would go into the bathroom yeah. and it would look like a bird laid weird eggs <laughs> in the in the toilet. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was my second least favorite for sure. some reason. The taste disturbed me. The first worst 
was, uh, and there's variations on this. First worst, though, was the rum and butter. The rum and butter. Oof. Is that like a butterscotch? Well, I guess it's not a butterscotch. It's a butter rum. These are, these are good questions. Okay. There was also like a rum, a rum butter uh, lifesavers that I found disturbing. Mm. But, uh, and whenever you had the um, Christmas pack of lifesavers, yeah. they'd have weird ones like Cristo Mint. And things you're like, well, this this was a failed lifesaver. This is not in regular <laughs> uh, distribution. Yeah. Uh, as well as, uh, but rum butter would be out there. So anyway, I disliked it. Yeah. But the, the last time I had one, when I was I was ten. Okay. And then they went out of business in uh, 1990. Okay. Some people have made homemade versions uh, and sold them online, and they've been quite successful, like Busy Mom's Butter Rum. Okay. Uh, and so I, but. They have returned now. The bar has returned. Oh. So I was curious, because I'm okay with Maltesers now. So I'm curious if, uh, last time I had it, I was 10. Yeah. Had not gone through puberty. Okay. Other life events have occurred since then. All right, sure. I got a podcast now. So you're thinking like... I'm married now. Yeah. Uh, I went, uh, you know, uh, maybe maybe going to the 50th uh, anniversary, it wasn't our 50th anniversary, <laughs> but the 50th anniversary the of our uh, school. Yeah, the open house at, yeah, the open house at yeah. our, uh, what was to us a junior high school, it is now just a high school. Yeah, stupid. Uh, put me in the mindset of maybe things have changed with me and maybe I would enjoy a, yeah. a rum and butter now. Maybe rum and butter goes with pimples. Could be. Yeah. So I'm going to open this bar. I'm going to try some, and I'm going to ask you to try some too. Okay. Save your game. This sure. It's not a flavor that I like anyway. What is? What isn't? Like butterscotch or any kind of like. Those well, you sort don't of, know if it's butterscotch. I don't. You don't know what flavor this is. I do not. You're right. I don't know. I, I'm just you assuming. Have no that clue. I'm just assuming that that's kind of where you're it's in the going. same uh, thing I am. There you go. Thank you. All right. So I'm giving you two squares. Uh, this is caramel. How come they never style. made a fuss of how how it got into this kind of bar? Oh, uh, it was uh, who they knew. <laughs> that was, that was so anyway, I'm gonna put this in my mouth in just a second. All right. Uh, they also there was a wait for you. there was a four flavor Nielsen bar that had uh, uh, this, and there was also like a Cadbury Treasure bar, and one of the flavors was rum and butter, and that mm. was always the one you avoid, like the plague. <laughs> uh, they would also have caramel, vanilla, and uh, and Turkish delight. You would enjoy that. Okay, yeah, so now I'm going that. to for. Uh, the first time since I was 10 years old, wow. try some rum butter okay. and see what I think of this. First of all, I'm trying to chop up. Yeah. It's adequate. <laughs> it's almost... It's okay. It's just chocolate. Yeah. It's not... Ooh. It used to be Cadbury. It's not Cadbury, but it's something. Okay. I'm going to go with my mouth. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. He hasn't made any faces yet. I'm chewing it up. Yep. I can't really taste much. <laughs> I'm tasting mostly the chocolate. Okay. Oh, there it is. All right. There's a little something. Yeah. Um, it tastes like a caramel bar. That's it's been would... out a little long. Okay. Right? Like it's been out a little right. too long. Let me, let me try it now. Okay, go ahead. It's got a little edge to it. It's like caramel bar with, with, like I remember this being devastating in my mouth when I was a child. Whereas it's very I, mild right I do now. not like it. Really? Yeah. Would you like it with a fox? <laughs> would you like it in a box? You know what? I probably would like it with a fox. Okay. I so mean, you... it's not terrible. What, what is, what makes it worse than a caramel? Well, do you like a caramel bar? Mm-hmm. Okay, what makes it worse than a caramel bar? Would you say it is butterscotchy? I don't know if it's rum-like. I think it's. I think there's a sharpness to it that you don't get with the caramel, which I don't find very appealing. Right. The chocolate is growing on me. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I would not purchase it again, mm -hmm. but I would not uh, curse a person for uh, offering it to you. Yeah. So right. the yeah the rum and butter bar uh, says that it takes you back to the days of banana seat bikes. For sure. Yeah. And lazy mm. afternoons. I guess. Yeah. Okay. I was a hardworking kid. I had a flyer route. Um, are, banana are banana seats completely gone now? 
Banana seeds? Oh, I think you could get them if you wanted them. But what happened to banana seeds? Why? Because that seemed to be a comfortable seat. B- Why did that BMX go away? bikes came became popular? Oh, okay, and they had a more they had like a different kind of seat on them that was more conducive, I guess, to whatever you do with BMX. I think bikes. also bananas uh, in general had a good run, like in the seventies. Like uh, big pens had big banana pens, and people were That's like, true. "Oh yeah, the big banana. That's Yellow. a good pen." Uh, who cares? Well, what's a banana got to do with the pen? <laughs> Nothing. And nowadays. Bananas are a source of potassium. Mm-hmm. End of story. Mm-hmm. Like back then, the the greatest treat you could have at a Dairy Queen would be a banana split. Like I know they moved on from there yeah. to a peanut buster parfait and whatever. I think you're right. But in the oldie days, yeah, yeah. it was like, this is, listen, this has got like a banana yeah. and three different types of toppings <laughs> plus whipped cream, maybe yeah. some nuts if you're in a fancier place than a Dairy Queen. Yeah. Like you can't get fancier than a banana split. Don't, that don't is, they have the pi- the pineapple on there? Yeah, you have pineapple, you have strawberry, and you have chocolate. Yeah, no. I'm sure you could request a different topping, but why would you back then? Because that was as good as it got. <laughs> uh, well, I never had one growing up because that was You just... never had a banana split? No, no. You would have a cone? Yeah, just a cone from... Okay. Uh, in fact, we didn't really do it. We weren't really a Dairy Queen family. I didn't start really going to Dairy Queen until uh, Lisa and I were going out. And part of her family's tradition, tradition was to, on their way up to the ca- their cabin up at Quinell Lake or Horsefly, they would, um, they would stop and hope at the Dairy Queen there and get dip- yes. dipped cones and then carry on. I know on exactly the, the Dairy Queen yeah. they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Because it was in those days, hope was on the route. Like now, yeah. it's was cut, it's been cut off from. Like you don't have to go through hope to get to the the number one or whatever. Like now, you you there's a bypass around them that takes you to the three different main highways. Our thing was be we would step out of the car and go, oh my god, smell that air. This is really <laughs> clean air. Did you know how dirty our freaking air is? That's smell weird. this air. It's amazing. And then we go to Dairy Queen and we get uh, something to Dairy Queen. That's funny that it'd be like that because they often have worse air than we have. Mm. Because they're they're the end of the funnel nowadays. So, so all the wind all the wind blows the smog towards them. Oldie timey days. I remember <laughs> that was for sure. Felt and were, yeah, it's a different. Well, it was a different place then. Now you know. Now everything's so busy. But and they're still busy. Like even though they like getting cut off. You know, like like places like Spasm and stuff like that just died a death once once the Coca-Cola opened and they put the bypass through because then. No one has to take those little bitty roads to try to find their way around. There's just like a giant big artery that t- splits off into the various, you know, you go this way to the crow's nest and you go yeah. that way to the canyon. And that was like that the number one suggestion. I remember like uh, with theater sports when I started to go, it was like, where's a place in the world? Spasm! immediately <laughs> be the, uh, the thing. Yeah. And then they do a scene that wasn't that good. Sure, because it's a dumb dumb. I mean, it's a small tradition. town. That's the, that's the gag, I, yeah, guess. I guess. And the name sounds... Like Funny-ish. spasm, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I, guess. I suppose. Yeah. Those are your two angles. So yeah. if you can't make hay out of those things, then you're uh, yeah messed up. Do you think it's better to suggest like a a big city that has kind of a reputation, like go London? Sure. Then there's more more variety there. Yeah, you're more like walking around. Uh, let's go to Big Ben. Let's go to Buckingham Palace. The mm. Queen can show up. Yeah. Back then, the Queen was around. Rest in peace. Uh, R.I.P. Her Majesty. R.A. Yeah. R.I. Uh, Queen. R.I.Q. <laughs> Rest in Queen. I don't know. <laughs> Rest in quiet. Rest in quiet. Yeah, get a little peace and quiet. Finally. The cameras have stopped clicking. There you go. Do they still click? I don't know what cameras do. One now. thing I used to like when I would go to places in uh, England, it would be a rarity. But if you were by a church, sometimes they would have a little uh, grave there for uh, for a cat. that was uh, really? like a church cat. Okay. And they'd have it at the side of the church and it'd be like, 
what's this little grave? And, you know, you're like, oh, when you see a little grave. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, this is not going to be good. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, it's with a cat. That's nice of them. I thought you were going to say, oh, it's a little grave. This is going to be really cute. Look how tiny it is. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. It's nothing, so nice. Nothing cuter than a little grave. <laughs> um, you know, like, was this an elf? Like, what was, what was what was here? But it was like, yeah, a little cat. Just one of those in Bristol that was very, uh, mm, very cute. Sure. And I was like, aw. And you don't get a lot of that when you go to a church. You get a lot of this. Oh. Or you get, you get a lot of, you get a lot of this. Get, or you get, yeah, you get, ah. But you don't get, ah. It's very rare that church uh, gives you something that's adorable. Mm, that's true. It's not really its mission statement. No. And even when you have like a baby Jesus, like, you know, in a nativity scene, it's not that cute. Usually the baby Je- baby Jesus is all business. He's <laughs> wearing a suit. It already knows suit like it's savior of the world. Uh-huh. Like, ugh, got to meet and greet people. Got three uh, gifts coming. Got to like <laughs> look like I really want some myrrh. So the, the halo is ruins the effect. Is that what you're saying? I don't think a halo's cute. Do you mm. think a halo's cute on a baby? Nah, I don't know. know. I guess not. Creepy. <laughs> is a halo creepy? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Think of a cute baby right now. Just like a cute baby that you've seen. Doesn't have to be one that was your own. Yeah. Could be like a cute baby. Now mm-hmm. put a halo on it. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. Disturbing. Don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's an odd aesthetic choice, isn't it? I don't think we'd do that now. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think cherubs are having a good time right now. I don't think uh, cherubs were the bananas but of they their day. They don't have halos, do they? I think a cher would a cherub have a halo? No. no. What well, depends on the cherub? Hmm. Like in old timey uh, paintings, wouldn't uh, no? Wouldn't like the flying babies with the wings have uh, little so. halos? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think that's reserved for the saints and for like. Jesus or Mary or whatever. So okay, so saints have halos. Angel, do angels have halos? I don't think so. Okay, uh, not in paintings. I don't. I mean, maybe I just doesn't in my in my mind's eye. I don't, it doesn't sound to me. I've okay. Like I'm a looking picture. at uh, old cherub uh, yeah. things. I got the famous two cherubs like rolling their yeah. eyes, going. Eh. <laughs> they don't. They don't got him. <laughs> look at him. Yeah, look at that guy. Oh, check that guy out. Check out George Bailey. <laughs> well, he's having yeah, I think a hard time. I think if you no, were, I'm not seeing a lot of halos because I think that they surround the person who has halos. They're 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 like kind of the the hangers on of the of the of the the holy person. Okay, and a secondary question on this: uh, uh, in your faith, are there cherubs? No. Okay. Uh, where then we can just talk about it. Like I mean, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't it's my in my opinion, it doesn't. I mean, no. Does it ever get it's brought a up? Classic. I remember this. This is from this is from quite a few years ago when I was going through EFM education for ministry, and this woman was talking and she, and she said and she was talking about someone else at church and she said, you know, I used to say that um, I couldn't wait to go to heaven so I could be an angel, and then this lady said to me, "Oh, that's not how it works," <laughs> and then the guy who was like the our kind of uh, leader or whatever, he's like, um, "How would she know?" Which I thought was like a great response to that because. It's all made up. Like, what you can have whatever you want. Like, who cares? Okay, but that's a dangerous thing to say in any religion. It's like, who cares? It's all made up. Well, not the religion, but all the heaven and angels and cherubs and all. That's just a bunch of stuff that's been tacked on by people over time. Right? Okay. Like, it's not... It's not a, the essential core of Christianity. Is not well because when painters how have many to paint angels something, are hanging around? Yeah, when painters paint something, they have to paint something. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, they're going to... You know, yeah, they add a bunch of... Sassafras. <laughs> a bunch of stuff. That's what it's called, sassafras? Yeah. The, the stuff on the chicken fat, I guess, if you mm-hmm. will. Yeah. All they got to do a lot of... Uh, yeah, Hieronymus uh, Bach. That's a lot of chicken fat in the back of that... Uh... Oh, for sure. Although, 
I imagine it all has some symbolic meaning for him, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, but he had to do like a triptych. Or he the, justified it afterwards. He wasn't just painting like a little, you know, painting the size of, you know, something like Mona, the Mona Lisa. So small. Oh, I've, I've seen... Doing, like big giant. I've seen it. Veronica Bosch? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's my least favorite painting. And so... Um, <laughs> Which one was, It was seen? the rum and butter of the... Uh, <laughs> it's the uh, heaven and hell one. It's the, th- the three. The I three. thought that was in a church somewhere. Uh, it was in a museum when when we saw it. Okay. Yeah, like a gallery. Yeah. Wow. I forget where in Europe we were, but we saw it. And it was... Oh, France? Could have been France. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like It was fairly recently, and mm. I haven't been to a lot of other places other than France recently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it like really creeped me out as a kid. I never liked you know the Garden of Earthly Delights. I really, mm. really disliked that yeah. um, painting almost as much as uh, I disliked the Scream. And then, uh, as I've mentioned before, my fingerprint is on the screen. Mm. Uh, that's wrong. I'm sorry I did that. Anyway, um, long, that's you a had different to, story. You had to uh, ne- negate it. So. I had to negate it. I had to like face up yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, that was so wrong. Why did they not stop me? Anyway. Um, but yeah, I did not touch uh, the Garden of Earthly Delights, but I was there in front mm. of it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, first of all, like the... The painting, the colors are much more crisp than you would ever imagine. Sure, uh, and it is disturbing. But yeah, chicken fat. I think that's in the Louvre. The when you say that, could I, be. I think I've seen it too. I am. Oof. So either let's see where it is. <laughs> let's check it out. Yeah. See if you can sign it out. I don't think it's in the Louvre. No. No. Okay. Uh, I don't know where I would have seen it then. Maybe I'm thinking of someone else. To, I have been to the to, to the Louvre as well. All right, so where is... Okay, Garden of Earthly Delights. There we go. La, 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 la. No, you said Heaven and Hell. Well, what am I What am I talking about? I'm talk, Isn't the Garden of Earthly Delights uh, Heaven I thought and that Hell? Was, I thought that one was in, in yeah, a church. Yeah, it's left, center, and uh, right. It's like yeah, yeah. Heaven, Hell, and Limbo. Okay. But I thought that was like like part of a church, uh, like behind the altar kind of thing. I don't need to know where the legacy of it is. <laughs> where, where is it where exactly? Is it, where is it located now? This is where. Where can I mm-hmm. find it? No. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find out where where the where this is. All right. You you investigate over there. Are there any? Um, oh, there you go. It sounds like uh, relatives of mine have shown them. <laughs> um, uh, are there any paintings that disturbed you when you were uh, younger? Not overly, but I think it's Francis Bacon would be someone who um, I find his paintings kind of they're kind of horrific. I guess. Do you know him? Oh, okay. Here it is. It's, it's, in, it's in Madrid. Painting. Oh, it's in Madrid. Oh, yeah, okay. It's in the Museo oh, okay. uh, del Prado right now. That's so I must be thinking it. of someone else that I saw. Because there, there were a few people from that t- from that time period who painted like really grotesque kind of paintings. And when you see them, you're like, why would they make that person have a monkey face or whatever? You know, like mm-hmm. it's weird. Um, yeah. When you uh, when you were saying the thing about, you know, I'm sure they all had symbolism to him, or at least he said so. <laughs> like, you wouldn't have, like, whoever commissioned him for that. Like, uh, what's this about? And like, oh, I just made that up. No, it would be like, that's a uh, representative of... Uh, you know, well, I think he had, like, a theme to those paintings. Oh, I'm look- sure he... Yes, he did. That's There's no question about that. And the theme was, ooh, you okay? Hey, <laughs> I think, buddy. I think Francis hey, pal, Bacon, I you think, all right? I think Francis Bacon is more horrifying as a painter than... Than I didn't Bosch. know Francis Bacon was a painter. Uh, a modern, he's a modern guy. Like I think he painted through the fifties and sixties. Oh, okay. I thought I thought you meant like uh, Bacon of like the old timey. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he no. wrote some Shakespeare. He did, but anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, him, him, the essayist who died of pneumonia after getting out of his carriage to check out how ice froze or something like that. Okay, he did. Yeah. No, I believe you. Yeah. I'm just laughing because it's you know. Ouch. It's the fail army of its day. <laughs> That's right. Went around. People talked about it. Did you hear? Or is that Roger Bacon? You know, rattlesnakes will whisper to you. They will. 
Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cruel prank. This was a bad idea. What? <laughs> Bite. You'll tell no one about this. They do this. Um, yeah, I can't think of. I'm sure there's some modern, other modern artists that if you saw them, you'd just be like, ugh. Yeah, modern artists less so for me. Like old timey artists, you know, they're they're back in the day where they had less distractions, so it feels like uh, their art is truer. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's 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 the thing. You feel like modern artists are more like a put on. No, no, no. Uh, not that they're a put on. There's just more things around, and they're getting more information thrown at them. So. You know, someone's going to come up with something disturbing because there's so much stuff that's out there. But back in the oldie days, you know, you learn three things a day. Yeah. Maybe three things happen to you a day. And when something came to you and it was news, it was big news because it was worth going along. And so when you paint something, it just has more impact to me. I guess. But I'm still talking about painters when I'm talking about yeah, modern artists. Me too. I understand. There's some disturbing painters. There's but some think- disturbing... Listen, underground cartoonists, like, gross me out. Like, just, <laughs> dis- like, deeply, deeply repulse me. There's a lot of uh, people like, like, um, uh, uh, Spain, you know? Uh, if you were to give me a collection of, uh, Spain's work, I'd go, that's really good. Get it out of my house. I don't <laughs> want to see this. Off you go. Yeah. Even some of, like, crumb stuff would just be, huh, this is really well drawn. Here you go. There's, I'm donating this. It's out the door. <laughs> yeah, I can. I, you know, his uh, drawings do have a certain kind of um, almost. They're too, too, too alive. They're just. They're so. Uh, they're so lusty and so like vibrantly, humanly, like just full of like. Yep. I don't know how to describe yep. it, but but I I I quite like them actually. I really oh like sure that. sure. That's right up my alley. I admit there's a lot of stuff that's really good, and I feel that way about most things. There's like uh, a lot of. Um, you know, movies, even like especially horror movies that I will acknowledge, you know, well, that looks beautiful. That's amazing. This is, uh, <laughs> wow, what a story. That's fantastic. I don't want to see this at all. <laughs> I don't need this in my head. Thank you kindly. Someone at, someone at work came up to me the other day and they said, oh, I finally saw Heredita- Hereditary. And I was very excited, of course, because I love that movie. And I was like, oh, what do you think? Oh, that wasn't very good. Oh. I was like, really? And like, I'm, I'm just saying to, you know, I'm going like, I'm going through the movie like, well, what did you think about the part where this happened like it's so it's so amazing and you're like your mind is like you're like you're so like you're in shock and you're just like you can't believe that you what what you saw and then then later on the movie to like twist it around and you're like what is happening and and it's just amazing it was like what (laughs) well it turned out they stopped it like three or four times while watching it okay they were drinking and doing other things okay i was like well you know what your opinion of this movie is void i'm voiding your opinion of this film you are not allowed to have an opinion because you did not watch this movie okay. as, a, as a movie should be watched. You can't watch a movie. You can't like watch half a movie and then tell me that it wasn't any good. I've, uh, I've, the the film I've. Uh, by the way, if you if it's getting too cold in here for you, you let me know. Okay. Okay. I uh, just like having a little bit of a. You mean your attitude? Time. Yeah, I'm uh, chilling. Um, <laughs> uh, the film that I've heard people talking like that about now is uh, Skin Marink. Ugh. Now you saw Skin Marink. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. People were saying like. Oh, I thought I was going to really like this, and I may be mad, and they get they're mad about it. <laughs> and of course, I don't really watch horror movies. Yeah, but they're like, yeah, this is yeah, uh, oh, this is bullshit, this is bullshit. They get yeah. like annoyed, even people who really like horror movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, so you saw it, and I love horror movies, right? Not all horror movies, but I'm a big fan of. But but was it horror like movies. just dull, or was it? Uh, yeah, it was dull. Well, even I talked about it on the last episode, okay, so I won't go right. too much into it, but. 
Yeah, it's very dull. Like okay, it's basically it wasn't mean. Like wi- I, I assumed it was just too no, mean. No, it's not. It's not nothing like that. It's is it like the TV show that I used to work on? <laughs> no, because I used to work on the Skinner Murray. Yeah, TV the show. Sher- Sherry Lois and Brown. They were did not appear in this, nor did any of their music appear in this movie. It's very oh, dis- that's too bad. Very disappointing. Skinner Murray, dinky dink, Skinner Murray, dinky do. Well, that's what I thought I it would be. I love you. It would be scary. Mm-hmm. I love you in the morning and in the afternoon. I love you in the evening the, underneath the moon. The budget I'm of kill this. You now. <laughs> what? <laughs> the budget of this movie didn't Listen extend to, to anything that was uh, under in copyright. So the kids are watching cartoons. Like there's kids in the movie who are watching cartoons, and the cartoons are all like 1930s, like Betty Boop cartoons, or with Bongo or Bingo, you know what his name is, and then uh, Grandpappy and things like that. You know, so so it's all that kind of you know. And the kids are just watching these old timey cartoons. And Eve was saying like. She wasn't sure if that was supposed to be creepy that they're watching it because the girls grew up watching those cartoons. Sure. So to them, it's just like, oh, yeah, it's just cartoons. It's, just, it's like the same thing we did. We just put those cartoons on and watch them, you know, whether they're at our house or at their granny's because my, my mother-in-law would like buy cheap uh, animated cartoons that she'd find at the, at the thrift stores and just bring them home for the kids to watch. Oh, all right. And so you'd get all kinds of strange like collections and stuff like that of a lot yeah. of like, you know, stuff that was out of copyright. And they could just throw on the most. I old... got loads of those. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, as well as stuff like the real Ghostbusters and weird things of like that, where you're going like, well, "Why did you buy this?" But okay, whatever. Um, or Titanic. Why are the kids watching? Why are my six-year-old kids watching tit- Titanic? No one. No. Okay, I thought it was a cartoon version <laughs> no, of no, Titanic. No, it was the actual movie. Um, but yeah, and the film, like I, the way I've been demonstrating it to people is to turn on my camera and then point it into a dark corner of the room. And so that you just see like the wall, and then I just go like, because that was a whole movie. It's just like shots of walls, shots of no, you never see anyone's face. The kids are all shot below the knee. The adults are always at their back to you. The movie is it tells a very tells a story, but it does it so opaquely that you basically have to piece it piece it together with other people after the movie's over. And then you're like, okay, but they said this, and then this happened, so. So this is what's going on there, and this is happening, and then, oh, but don't forget. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, but it doesn't, it's just, yeah, it's just a, it's a movie that's very alienating, because this is a sense that you don't feel any connection to the characters. Like, there's nothing happening to them that you're like, oh, I hope they don't, because what's going on? I hope they don't, I don't know what I hope they don't do, because I don't know what the, the parameters are of what the thing, yeah. there's some sort of force or entity in the house. Okay. That's changing the reality of the house. It it disappears the windows and the doors. So the family are trapped in this house. All right. But no one. But you. It doesn't tell you that's happening. Like it does show you like doors. Like it goes like you know, boop boop. They hear a few times. Boop 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 boop. boop, boop. Then they're gone. You assume they're gone. Right. But it doesn't seem like anyone's very concerned about it. The kids are just wandering around. The parents are in their bed sometimes, and then other times they're gone. It's uh, it's just weird. It's just, it's like, you know, as I said to Eve, it's kind of like the, it's like kind of like someone cursed me, like, because I'm always <laughs> talking about like how much I like like a text, you know, like a atmosphere and texture of a horror movie, because that's what really scares me. Mm-hmm. And then I get this movie, which is just all atmosphere and texture, like the the no, the the sound levels are turned up so high. Because you're literally listening to white noise of, oh. of like, a, a house. Okay. And I assume all the audio equipment and stuff like that is also make, adding to it. But then when anything happens, it's just, like, this huge, like, deafening clatter of, 
noise, like someone just like drops like a toy on the floor. It's 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 a catastrophe. And so anything that happens is like makes everyone jump because it's just like so so loud that it's actually ear ear piercing and it's loudness. Like it's that's it's, cheat. I don't mind some jump scares in a film. I I don't think jump scares are like bad necessarily. But I think if that's the only thing your movie has going for it, is that there's a cat that jumps out of the cupboard every five seconds, then I don't think that's a very good movie. Well, the point of a, like to me, the point of a jump scare, I mean, you get your initial, ah! Yeah. Uh, but what you do then is you've, you know, it's it's the thing we talked about on the show uh, that got erased, um, <laughs> we did, we did. which was uh, talking about Shakespeare and wordplay. And uh, I was talking about how uh, Alan Moore and this uh, uh, this video lesson thing that I was watching yeah. I was talking about how uh, when Shakespeare would do wordplay, yeah. the trick that he would do with it, he'd like rearrange words or whatever. And they did like a scientific study and looked at people's brains, and the brains were delighted by wordplay. They really got activated. <laughs> British by that. people's brains. Brit- only British people's yeah. brains. That's right. They're Spaniards, like, I think, nothing. I think I'll go do an acrostic crossword now. Yeah, there you are. But like he would do like a little uh, flip of words or whatever, and it'd be mm. like oh. But then what he would do is he'd follow that up with like a major point of action or emotion. Sure. And so he would prime your brain to be more accepting of things like oh, what comes next? Oh, num 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 num. <laughs> and then it would like this huge thing, and like oh, wow, that's affecting you yeah. much more than it would be if you were just kind of like a <laughs> little <laughs> passive. Mm-hmm. It's a wake em up. Yeah. So like in a horror movie, the jump scare. Yes. You know, it is the cat goes. And you're like, oh, oh, yeah. it was just the cat. Yeah. Just the cat. I'm relaxed and everything's now here comes the big thing. Yeah. Yeah. And blah, 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 blah. To the point where you know that. Now. Sure. Or or it does something that sets a tone to the film. You know, like I think of the jump scare in um, Mulholland Drive with, with the guy behind the restaurant. Yes. You know, that's that's a jump scare. But it changes the tone of the film. After that, what seemed like such light and frolicsome gaiety now takes on an eerie cast, you know, that the rest that affects the rest of the movie, how you view what the what yeah. the characters are doing. Something that's especially effective with that scene to me is it takes the horror and it puts it into the daylight. Mm, yeah, so yeah. like traditionally, yeah, your horror is, you know, you'd be watching like Lost Highway or whatever, and and you'd be going down a road, or you'd be going down a hallway, and it's dark, and you're going down the hallway slowly, and like, all right, well, this is a traditionally horrific thing. Yeah. Traditionally, it's not scary to go behind a restaurant in the sunshine <laughs> in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. You know, what could be scary behind, you know, the restaurant? Yeah. Everything's bright and sunny and great. Oh, the, the guy's worst fear. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay, so there's nowhere to be safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a really good uh, jump scare. And so I'm, I'm not opposed it's, to that. I, I don't even know if it's a jump scare in that it's like, it's almost like a slow build. Because a jump it, scare feels like I guess. things are normal. And then here it is. But yeah, but that, here it is. is the but, but, but there's such that a guy, build though. of like, I, I imagine this thing. <laughs> and it's like, Whoa. yeah. Well, let's just go back here. Let's take a look. Yeah. But there's yeah. still a like, cutaway to the, to the character. So, yeah. you know, when you do a close-up of something, like, do, um, yeah, and it's just, a, it's just an, it, you know, they have their purpose. But yeah, like I say, I think if, if then you fill the entire movie with people opening cupboards and cats are jumping out all the time, like eventually it's just cheap, right? Like, yes, you can you have flashing lights, you can have loud noises, you can have things happening that make people jump, but are you creating actual fear or just people being like, jumping because it's noisy or whatever you know it's, it's different being different being startled there's a difference between being startled and being frightened you know i would say and now here's i'm going to give something free away to horror filmmakers especially canadian horror filmmakers <laughs> all right 
All right. I'm going to I'm going to tell them this. When we when we were young people and I was just liking rum and butter uh, and eating banana splits yeah. and going luxury. Um, <laughs> we would uh, we would in school, we would be shown a film. Yeah. And this film was called Neighbors and the film was oh. by Norman uh, McLaren. McLaren. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and it scared the holy shit out of us. Mm-hmm. And it was like two neighbors that were like friendly neighbors. And then they start fighting a little bit over their, you know, their property. Uh, and the then flower. Build the flower. The flower. Yeah. And then it's, you know, about property lines and the flowers on their property and their property. Anyway, it builds to just surreal, surreal thing. And their faces start changing. Yeah. And they're flying around by like, you know, just like <laughs> lifting their legs and they're floating. And it's so disturbing. And and that's welded into our heads. There's something deep, deep, deep in our heads that has that in there. If you did a climax in a horror movie where it yeah. turned neighbor style, yeah. stop motion animation, <laughs> that would freak that would freak my generation out. We we would we would we're primed to be freaked out by that, and it would it would work. So I'm just I'm saying someone out there uh, use that. And if I, you haven't seen Neighbors, watch Neighbors. It's worth uh, it's worth a watch. It is worth a watch. 1952. Good movie. He also did the soundtrack by scratching the, uh, the the audio tape on the film. There's a little tribute to him at the beginning of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World with the uh, opening credits when the band is Oh, that's is right. Playing. There's the scratch. Yeah, the scratching and stuff like that. Yeah, because he did a lot of that as yeah, well. And yeah, and when it was like uh, set in a myster- mystical land called Toronto, and then they start doing McLaren stuff like, yeah, that's, yep, <laughs> yep, yep, this is all right. The yeah, National you got film that. Board in action. I'm... Um, I got like a, a I'm pitching stuff to uh, Paramount Plus in a little while, so I got the a free uh, period of time with uh, the Paramount Plus channel. Okay. So I've been watching one of the shows that I haven't been able to see for a while. Okay. Uh, but Evil, it's called uh, Evil, and it's um, okay. it's got the, it's the fella in it from um, Luke Cage. It's him. He's a priest. Uh, there's a there's a woman who is uh, the skeptic. And she's raising four uh, girls. And uh, there's uh, a fellow from The Daily Show. Let me look this up. Uh, a fellow from The Daily Show who's a comedian. Okay. Uh, that's uh, the that's guy, all of them. The villain uh, in it is uh, someone you like from um, uh, the uh, TV show. That The only way I, I <laughs> ever describe it is, uh, you know, uh, Jesus is... Uh, is uh, uh, solving things. The guy who played Jesus. Oh, person, uh, uh, person of interest. Person anyway, the uh, yeah, the nerdy guy, Michael. Who was the computer guy, yeah. Is, yeah, he's the he was the bad guy in Lost. Mm-hmm. He's the bad guy in in this. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's he's very uh, mild, very mild mannered. So it's an interesting. Yeah, Asif uh, 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 Mand uh, Manvi, uh, Asif Manvi. Uh, as a comedian is very funny and Andrea Martin's in it as well and she's mm. my favorite character as a nun who like kills demons with a shovel like this is one I didn't know I needed to see Andrea Martin walking through a house uh, with a shovel and just squashing casual demons uh, but I did you did at the did. same time she was having a conversation with a girl who couldn't see the demons uh, talking about uh, what it's like to be a nun but the first two seasons had kind of an X-Filesy thing of like One's a believer, one's a skeptic. Mm. You know, the priest is going through a, you know, is is very believing, uh, but he's also taking a little bit of uh, hallucinogens, so he doesn't know whether these visions that he's having are legitimate or not. Okay. Uh, the uh, the woman, uh, she, uh, one of her eggs uh, was used, was taken, 
and uh, possibly is being used uh, to make the Antichrist. Uh, and then there's a totally scientific uh, skeptic who just runs everything through the scientific test. So you get like episodes where it's just a scam. You get episodes where was that a scam? And then you get like, no, there's demons. And here's what they're doing. Yeah. And they go for it with the demons. Like the demons do things that are like, shit, what the shit? And it used to be like on CBS, but now it's on a streaming service. So everyone can swear and it can be even more mm. what it is. And uh, it's also very, very funny. It's just really, really good. Like it's a it's a show that definitely knows there's been other shows like this before, realizes that and goes, look, we got to be entertaining we got to be scary. We're going to, it looks like a show where they're giving you all that they can possibly give you. And it's, uh, oh, it's, it's really, really, there's one, there's one bit in it where a guy is trying to write a book now. And so he's trying to get the help of uh, demons to write this book. And so, you know, uh, they, they gave him this uh, album that's just sing Alouetta and he's got to sing Alouetta, uh, while he's doing it. And there's like a little, uh, almost zoetrope of a little girl who's chasing a butterfly, and then the next time you look up at the little girl, she's chasing the butterfly with like an axe, and then like she's chopping up the butterfly, and the next time you look up, he's the guy that's being chased. Oh. And it's like, yeah, really, but he's doing really well with his writing, so he keeps going with. It. And it's just like, oh, this is a good scene for like this would just be a good movie. This, yeah. And there's a lot of that in the show of just like this would just be a good movie, but they give you like a couple of things, yeah. And uh, Wally Shawn is in it and just has a great part in it as well. Like, all these actors doing really, really good stuff in it as well. So, yeah, if you get a chance to see Evil, especially season three, uh, it's really... there's it, Season one and two are, are very good, but season three, they're able to just, like, go for it, which is nice. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I don't have Paramount+. Plus. I was thinking that <clears throat> I would, like, cancel my, my subscription to another channel and then subscribe to Paramount+, Plus for a while, then I would cancel that subscription... And then move on to another. In fact, I'll just have like one subscription at a time. Yeah, just keep rotating. Yeah. See see as many uh, free weeks as you can and just go like, this week I'm going to look at this stuff. And you sort of plan <laughs> it out. Yeah. Watch it and here you go. And then let it go for a while. And then when they build up something you're interested in, like a bit of a backlog of stuff that you're you're interested in, then you, you re, re-subscribe and watch those things. Yeah, I watched, I watched all of Evil. I binged all of that. Mm. And I'm good now for a good while. But I also went like, <laughs> you know what? Evil. While I got Star Trek here, yep. uh, they don't have all the new Star Trek stuff. But I was like, while I got Star Trek here, I've never watched Star Trek V. Sorry. Big, uh, Star Trek V is the one where they meet God. Oh. Did you ever see that one? I've, no, I've only seen um, the first two, I think. Oh, you, okay. You should see this fourth one. The fourth one is legitimately funny and just like a good movie. Is that the whale one? Yeah. Sorry, I have seen that one too. Okay. Okay. There's some, there's some, just the good stuff in it. It was one. fine. Yeah. You didn't like it? It was fine. Okay. Yeah. It's Star Wars. It's fine. Oh, Star Trek. Oh, sorry, Star Trek. I'm still going to call it, say it's fine. Even though I was wrong that it was Star Trek. It's, it's. I'm not apologizing. Yeah. To me, it was the most grounded because it takes place now and they actually have some fun with it, which is, which is good. But Star Trek V. Oh, that's uh, oof. That's that's rough. It's a rough. It's you know, a rough trip. It's funny. I didn't watch that one until I could. I think I watched it at David's on DVD mm-hmm. because then I saw it Letterbox because I remember Roger Ebert was so mad at that movie when it came out in video. Do you ever remember he did the pan and scan uh, demonstration? Oh, okay, that's probably the first time I saw someone talk about that on television, where he was showing like how the film looked in theaters with the you know the full full screen. Then he shows you how it's been chopped in half basically 
for the Academy standard for, for television screens of that time period. And then showing how, you know, so it's a scene of um, William Shatner and Leonard, Leonard Nimoy talking in the truck. And so then they have to pan and scan, like they have to like physically scan the screen over Ooh. so they can see between each person talking rather than them both being on the screen at the same time. And I saw that and I thought, oh, I always knew there was something weird because of watching spaghetti westerns. I always knew there was something weird about these films. And this, this you know, proves it. And so I pretty much like stopped watching movies on television at that point. Just because I didn't, unless they're old, because it just didn't feel like you're getting a movie. What the point was. Yeah. 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 Like I want to see what people saw in the theater. I don't want to watch this weird version of it. Here, here's one scene from Star Trek V that made me mad. So you, wa- so you watch this film? I watch it. Okay. Uh, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. They don't <laughs> tell you anything at the end that makes any sense with it. Yeah. Uh, they go meet someone. Did they learn a lesson? Uh, if they, they have family. They didn't know they had family, but the family they have is the crew and their family, I guess. Mm. I suppose. Also, well. Spock has a brother. Anyway. Um, okay, but there's this one scene. What's Spock's and, brother's name? Uh, Cybac, I think. That's dumb. The reason I watched it was because in the Strange New Worlds series, uh, they're bringing that character in. And so I was like, ah, I should just see this movie just to see who this character was. So yeah. I kind of get the references. And I don't have to constantly be turning to PN going, eh? Because <laughs> I really like the series, but there is, and same with like Lower Decks. But I, every so often I have to just look at her and go, that's a reference to something, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. All right. Fair enough. It works on its own, but... Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, okay. So, here's the scene with with Scotty that, like, drives me... Okay. Bananas. So, this is Scotty? Scotty. Okay. So, Scotty is... Oh, sorry. Ta- Scotty is the engineer? Scotty's the engineer. Okay. Uh, plans, played by Canadian actor James Aduin, uh, who was a war correspondent, World War II, and uh, had amazing adventures. And uh, how has there not been a biography film about him in Canada? How has that not happened, CBC? No money. Because my God. No money. No, there's money. It's just no interest. And it's dumb because, like, you know, there's there's enough damn movies about World War One that CBC has done. One. There's enough freaking pit pony shit that's out there. And, <laughs> you know, there's enough stuff. You could do it. And then, look, Star Trek, Yeah, you know, if you're recreating the old Star Trek show, first of all, that's interesting. Um, uh, how cheap are those sets? That mm. costs you a bag of nickels. But wouldn't you have to, like, pay pay them uh, licensing to show, like, scenes from Star Wars? Star- like, you'd have like, to recreate them. Yeah, so you'd have to, like, pay them, like, some It depends sort of how fee. far you want, how deep you want to go. Mm, mm. I mean, it's something that really happens, So as long, but if, as long as you don't use you know, the actual scenes or dialogue. Okay. You could have him just like, ah, it's my first day on set and I'm nervous. Why are you nervous? You fall, you're in World War II. Ah, <laughs> or whatever. Or you have to do flashbacks. Is that There's, the flashback then? That's the first flashback when he goes, uh, I was in World War II, you're now that right. you think about <laughs> it. <laughs> and so on and so forth. Anyway, so, okay, there's a scene that's there where uh, Scotty is talking to Kirk and Spock and, uh, and, and, and it ends with him going, you know, don't worry. I know the ship like I know the back of my hand. Okay? Mm-hmm. So we have had the heavy-handed setup for a joke. Sure. He then turns. Yeah. And then he walks down a hallway. Mm-hmm. And he's looking. He's looking down the hallway. <laughs> okay. And then there's like an overhang Uh-oh. of a door. Yeah. And he walks into it and knocks himself unconscious. Hilarious. Okay. You can sort of get this because the ship is being rebuilt at the time. So there's a bit of that. Yeah. But also, 
why the hell would you have a doorway <laughs> so that was so low that people would hit their heads? That's dumb. Two, yeah. why is he not seeing this? Yeah, he's looking at it. He's looking at it. If he was turned back to them and saying something. That's the thing. Yeah. You could say it would be so simple to do that. Mm-hmm. It's just the freaking thing that director William Shatner, who directed it, yeah. should have done where it's just like, don't worry, he says, with head turned, <laughs> while walking I down I know the, the hall. ship like the back of my right. hand. Right, he's cocky now. He's yeah. so cocky, he's not looking where he's going. Then the last minute he turns, and there yeah. it is, and, and boom, immediately yeah. turns, yeah. hits the thing, falls down. Totally. There you go, hubris. Hubris, thy name is Scotty. Yeah. That makes sense. Instead, it's, is Scotty okay? Did you just pronounce, he, did you just mispronounce humorous? <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay. So. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, he just like walks, looks at it. And then, like, it's like a guy walking up to a banana peel, looking at the banana peel, stepping on the banana peel, and falling on the banana peel. Like, why didn't he avoid the banana peel? Oh, it's funny to slip on a banana peel. Not if he no, sees it. Not easy. This, is the, this is the basics of jokes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Drove me nuts. And then, yeah, there's no explanation as to what the god character is at the end. There's no, it's it, it, not even like the ambiguous. But wait a minute, could it have really been? Like, of course yeah, not. No. no, it's not. It's just, it's a faker, faker, uh, sugar baker. Yeah. Uh, they didn't have like Q appear after the scene and then give you a big wink. Like There was no Q no at the time. There was oh. none of that. Oh, there was no, this is, before, this is pre-Next uh, Generation? I don't know. Uh, I don't know where we're at okay. at this point. Uh, everyone's alive. Like everyone's still alive <laughs> in the cast, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but basically, okay, so here without, I'm sorry, I'm spoiling a little bit of uh, this movie. Um, they they meet God, and mm-hmm. then uh, God goes, uh, you know, uh, good for you showing up here. And, you know, you know me by many faces. And they, and they yeah. have lots of ancient faces for God. Yeah, yeah. And then he's basically Santa, but grouchy Santa. Okay. Like, perhaps this would please you. I'm like, okay, so we're going with a couple of weird things here. One, that the version of God... Uh, that they all accept is um, human. Like, it's not Vulcan, so the Vulcans don't have their own god, mm-hmm. which is like, I think you'd have pointy ears. Wouldn't you have pointy ears? No, you don't have pointy ears. That's weird that Vulcan god would not have pointy ears. Anyway, uh, so he looks like this. All well, right. should, he should, like, appear differently to each person he's viewing. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yes, that would be yes. a lovely thing. Absolutely. So uh, all making good sense. And then they go, uh, you know, you have traveled far. Oh, we have traveled far. Uh, and, uh, well, do you, and you brought a sp- starship. Yes. Ah, oh, that is good. I will go with you in your starship, and we I will spread the word of uh, my word across the galaxy. And then Kirk's like, uh, why do you need a starship if you're God? <laughs> yeah, really. And just like, don't blaspheme against me. No, why do you need a starship? You know, uh, whoever you are. Wait, why don't you know who I am? And like, oh, sh- shut up, you, and zaps him and, you know, flies him across the room and everyone's getting zapped and they're being flying around the room. Okay. Okay. So, you know, it's just a jerk. Yeah. You know, apparently. <laughs> he's not actually God. He's it just doesn't a... seem like it. Yeah. But how does he know, whoever this force is, yeah. what all the old Earth gods were? Mm. Also, why does that work for the Vulcans? Were these Vulcan gods as well? Did, yeah, it was all. It was all. So, the, is there like a group of Vulcans, or just the two? Like it's Spock, it's and, Spock and his brother Cybek. So you're like, yeah, and his brother, and then it's also McCoy and uh, and uh, and Kirk. And so yeah. I was like, okay, uh, why did you just throw, show all the human ones? Mm. What about the Vulcan ones? Because the Vulcan guy is actually the guy who's talking to you. Yeah. Or were there some Vulcan do, ones mixed in there? Do Vulcans have gods? There's another good goddamn question so that I never. They were all like 
logic. And- That's the thing, too. It's like the guy says, like, Cybeck is, you know, he's on the the hunt for the great unknown and, like, all the ways of not saying God, but it, we mean <laughs> wink, wink, God. And there's at no point does anyone just go, hey, do you guys believe in God? What's your religion? Do you have, do Vulcans have religion? Mm. Because clearly Kirk does and clearly McCoy does. And it's like, okay. Was that why God manifested himself in, in old religions for Earth? But then if, if the God character knew about Earth, uh, how much does he know? Did other people come here before? Uh, why doesn't he know who Kirk is? He can't read minds. Okay. But he, he definitely knows Earth culture. Well, what's that about? It was just, just a jerk. And how's he get destroyed? <laughs> ah, they shoot him. They shoot him later. They just they're in a spaceship and they shoot him, and he's he's probably oh, gone. Like with like a, a photon torpedo or yeah, something like that. Yeah, you know use? that kills God. Okay, uh, like okay, <laughs> not much of a God. Not much of a God, but but then at, so by the end, it's like no one's got any questions about this. Where do you where do you think that guy came from? What was his deal? Yeah, how did he know about Earth religion? What? Why was he waiting for us? Sure. What? What the hell yeah. was that about? Was that the devil? What was that? They could. There were so many ways. Yeah. They could have made that interesting, and they did not in any one of those ways. Just, a, just some sort of space hitchhiker, just hanging around, just hanging around, waiting, looking a for a lot a lift. of powers. Yeah. Couldn't get through a barrier that they got through. Yeah. Oh, it, okay. He's trapped there. He's trapped on this. Well, why didn't they explore that as well in the movie? Like, yeah. Does, is he is he like a criminal that's been yeah. trapped there? Yeah. Yeah. Lots of things. Lots of good uh, <laughs> things to bring up, and yeah. a lot of questions, and, but. But by the end of the movie, no curiosity about any of them. Yeah. Is there some sort of rule with Star Trek movies that the even number ones are better than the odd number ones? Isn't that some sort in of the thing? Oldie di- in the oldie days, the even ones are better. Yeah, that's right. So two, Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Four, uh, Voyage A Whale Home. of a Time. Yeah, that's right. Six. Six, I believe, is Undiscovered Country. Which probably isn't very good, actually. It's got some stuff to it. It's got okay. Christopher Plummer, who's really hamming it up as a Klingon, <laughs> who's got an eye patch that's like screwed onto his eye. So oh, wow. it's pretty, pretty cool. He's pretty cool. I guess. But it feels like, feels like old man stuff going on there by that point. But maybe. But what you got is like, who do you, who do you go up against like William Shatner, Canadian actor, yeah. uh, Hambone actor <laughs> with? And it's like fellow, you, a fellow Canadian thespian? Yeah, you need someone thespian? like, you need a, like a Ricardo Montalban who'll go, listen, Kirk. Yeah. I tell you, Kirk. I'm like, you need that shit, <laughs> it, right? It's a, great, it's a great performance for that film. Yeah. He's great in that right. movie. Right. And so you got Christopher yeah. Plummer who's like going full plumber mm. on this as well. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Now we're fine. That's good. That's where you go. Yeah, yeah. I guess you need that. I don't know if I've ever seen him go full plumber. Most of the movies I've seen him in, he's fairly low key. Mm-hmm. I was watching, speaking of Christopher Plummer, I didn't finish it, but I started watching Murder by Decree because I brought it up during the show a little while ago because you were trying to think of the title of Murder by Death. And I went, right. Murder by Decree? And then you're like, no idiot. It was Murder by Death I'm talking about. But I thought about that and I was like, you know what? That's a Bob Clark movie. It is. So I, I thought, I'm going to watch that because I've never seen it. So I started Where watching it. you watch it? It is available on Tubi? Oh, what a surprise. I oh, know. Tubi's I'm best not, friend. I'm not saying Tubi, that for sure. Oh. It's either Prime or Tubi. One okay. of the two. Sure. One of the two. And it's a, it's a Sherlock Holmes. It's a Canadian movie with Christopher Plummer. Okay. And it has... And James Mason. James Mason is Dr. Watson. Right. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, and it's basically like one of the very first Jack the Ripper conspiracy uh, Movie, like things that I, I like, you know, like From Hell sure. would be an example oh, of a got, later version of that. We got John Gielgud and Donald Sutherland. Yeah, as well as it's this. got some, it's got some names yeah, in there. Yeah, not bad. And 
And it, uh, I, I don't know, it's a Canadian production, so I don't know where the mm. money came from. They could have been obviously doing the James Doolin story, but no, instead they did <laughs> Murder by Decree. But um, they, uh, I didn't finish it just because I, I was very tired and I was, I was, I was stretching it, I was stretching. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish it because it's just interesting. Like he, he has kind of an interesting career, Bob Clark. He's done a lot of movies. I mean, he's done weird stuff like Rhinestone, where you're like, Bob Clark did Rhinestone. That's a, that's a weird thing to do after Porky's Two. <laughs> The, yeah, the day he's, after. He's got, yeah, he's got an interesting amount. Yeah, the it was. Tribute. A, uh, so it was a $5 million budget, $3 million from Canada, $2 million from the UK. I guess that explains the appearance of uh, James Mason. It's also the fourth highest grossing film ever in Canada. The fourth highest gross. gross yeah, that gross really film. makes you want to know what the yeah, other ones yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, it does actually. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with uh, Porky's probably. Uh, I would say Porky's for sure. Yeah, you're right there. Okay. I wonder see. if they're all Bob Clark films. <laughs> That are the highest grossing Canadian films. Eventually, he did oh, move no, out. Oh, no, I've just got... Okay, let me uh, look this up. He did yeah. move out of Canadian productions into uh, doing... Like, a Christmas Story, I think, is, is US-funded. Rhinestone and some of the later stuff that he did. Okay. But he this, has an interesting career. This uh, this is... Uh, oh, all right. What's the highest grossing Canadian film of all time? Oh, okay. Well, you're going to get into Quebec here. This is the thing. Oh. Uh, then you're going to get De Femme uh, and or... Uh, okay. let's see. Highest grossing Canadian. Okay, that's not true. What's that? Like Clan of the Cave Bear. No, they're throwing they're throwing American films into into into. No, here. I know this is the problem. That's not right. This is the problem. Okay, I guess good. because it's highest grossing Canadian finance film or whatever. Like highest grossing homegrown Canadian movie. Highest grossing Canadian movies of all time. Let's go with. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. Uh, okay. The top, I, I'll give you the number one. Okay. Uh, bomb Cop, Bad Cop. Really? Yeah. More than Porky's? Narrowly beating out Porky's. Oh, wow. Okay. Narrowly beating out Porky's. What are the other ones? This is, these are fine, these are fine questions. Sure. Uh, that the, uh, should be, should, should be, be answered. there and it's not and telling you? Should be answered. Should be. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, come, oh, 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 oh. So are we talking like, uh, high, okay. All right. Yes. Highest grossing Canadian films. Okay. Yeah. I think I might. I think I might have it. Okay. This feels like this should be way easier to uh, <laughs> figure out. To, to to figure out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now they're trying to give me a, a freaking. Uh, the answer should be something like Canada doesn't have much of a film program. Right. Okay. Number one. Yeah. Uh, bon Cop, Bad Cop. Bon Cop, Bad Cop. From uh, 2000, 2006. That's an okay movie. Uh, well, that doesn't seem right. Uh, but. Uh, now we got scanners. Scanners, David Cronenberg scanners. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, okay. you know, you never, never, uh, never doubt a movie where a person's head explodes at the beginning of the yeah. film, which is a little early, in my opinion, for that for that stunt. Then we got, oh, that's not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freddie got fingered. Boy, that's camp. Is that that's not a Canadian? Yeah, finance movie is yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Really? Shot in British Columbia. Tom Green, Canadian. Yeah, yeah. All uh, Canadian. Uh, made fourteen million at the box office. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Room. Oh, yeah, it's a good movie. I didn't know that was a good movie. I didn't know that either. But it would explain why it has Jacob Tremblay's Canadian. Uh, Prom Night. Prom Night. That's a that's a slasher movie. Yeah, Leslie Nielsen uh, mm. film. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yep. Uh, she was the scream queen. Showing a lot of cleave in the uh, promo image. <laughs> uh, the Dead Zone. Oh, that's a good Cronenberg. movie. Cronenberg. Yep. Da Vinci's Inquest is in that movie. What's, like, what's that actor's name? What was that? The guy who played Da Vinci in Da Vinci's Inquest is in... Oh, yeah, yeah. No one knows. He's good in that. No one could ever know that. What do you mean? No one could know his name. Nicholas? Nope. Nope. No one knows his name. Uh, he, he makes sure that his name is kept out of all credits. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, a History of Violence. All right. Another one. Another Cronenberg. 
Yeah. Three Cronenberg uh, films. Right. Uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn? Yeah. Mostly, With Susha Ronan? Mostly Montreal. Yeah. Mostly filmed in Montreal. Uh, uh, so, Sorcy Ronan. Susha. Uh, Cersei Ronan. Yeah, that's right. She was the lead. But you yes. also had like uh, uh, Jessica Pear and Emily Brett Rickards as oh, a Canadian. Okay. All right. One more. Let's go one more. Uh, the Fly. Another Cronenberg. Cronenberg. Another Cronenberg. All right, we're doing a lot of Cronenberg. Let's get out of Cronenberg. I don't believe that Meatballs. the fly. I don't believe the fly. Uh, Meatballs is a Canadian film. I don't think the fly is a Canadian movie. Okay. I don't think it's Canadian financed. Very good. So you I might think be right. I might. This be, list uh, wrong. is. This list is. This li- list is uh, from Tribute Magazine, and uh, I am. Uh, I'm. I'm disliking it so far. And they didn't even. They didn't even uh, have the Bob Clark this. film Tribute as part of the list. Yeah, there's a lot. Idiots. Of there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of problems here. I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs> I feel like I've betrayed everyone's trust. Sure. Uh, but it's, this should be the kind of thing uh, that uh, that I should have on hand. Sure. You I'm should sorry. have it on hand. You know what? If we're going to just count Canadians, uh, James Cameron's Canadian, right? Yeah, I guess Avatar, Avatar would be. Avatar and yeah. Avatar 2 okay. there. Okay, yeah. we're counting that thing. <laughs> yeah. There we go. If all they're doing is just like, oh, this movie's made by a Canadian. Yeah, I'm just like, Highest grossing Canadian movie. This is all. This is all I want. It's not. Uh... I, I don't think it's. It's fine. We don't need to. We don't need to know. We just. We you really know what? Don't. If you looked up, oh, who knows? You're right. It's so disappointing to, <laughs> to us. The arrival. Now we got a history of the arrival of film in Canada. Oh, for crying out loud! <laughs> the modern industry. People sure. liking Canadian film. Uh, the most expen- timeline of the most expensive. Uh, films in uh, in uh, Canadian history are here. Hmm. I, I went. I we went and saw a movie last night. We went. We went and no. saw. We went and saw Megan, the new film. My uh, first improv teacher is the first person killed in that. Oh, really? Yeah. The lady. Yeah. Hmm. You have uh, also uh, taken a workshop with her. Oh, really? Yes, you have. <laughs> it's Laurie Dungey. Okay. Well, that's yep. a long time ago. Yep. She is also uh, a Hobbit in uh, Lord hmm. of the Rings. The first uh, was that film. Um, was it filmed here? That's a very good question. I'm not sure because it it uh, it's weird because it, it takes place in Washington. Like it has they have Washington plates in the cars, but then it it seemed to be that it looked like at the end of the film the way the credits were being bandied about was that Georgia was where it was filmed, mm. which I thought was really an interesting choice. Like I know it's they have good tax credits there, and so maybe you can film you can make Georgia look like like Seattle if you throw enough water around the set. Uh, okay, uh, it. Uh... Principal photography began in uh, June 2021, taking place in L.A., California, and Auckland, New Zealand. Oh. So it could be because she uh, also like lives in uh, New Zealand. <laughs> uh, bec- oh, is that right? She lives in New Zealand? Okay. Yeah, that's why she was in uh, uh, Lord oh, of the, the Rings. Lord of Rings. Okay. Yeah. Well, Weta did the special effects for the film, so I can see why Auckland was used. There. Yeah, there was a thing in uh, the late 80s, early 90s, where a big chunk of uh, performers from Vancouver Theatre Sports moved to New Zealand and started like New Zealand theater sports. Oh, okay. Yeah. And huh. so you then would be seeing people from uh, theater sports here in like um, uh, the Frighteners and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And uh, one of the guys who, uh, uh, you know what? I'd be spilling too much beans about people's personal lives, so I'm not going to say that. But one of the one of the people that did go over Spare there. Spare the teaser. Speaking of meatballs was the guy who Chris Makepeace raced at the end of meatballs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how was Megan? Oh, it was really fun. That's yeah. what everyone says. That's it's a like, fun film. It's like, hey, you made a fun horror movie. It's not like it's not really a horror film. There's nothing really horror about it. it there's a couple of like 
like a sort of chilling moments or whatever, but nothing like it's not really Does a super scary. Does killer doll kill some people? Yeah, there's a That's killer. a horror movie then. I guess, but it's not like it's not like it's not that scary. I guess what I should say okay. it's, a, it's a light. It's light L I T E horror. I mean, I was with Mary. Mary's very vocal in movies, so that's that's always fun. Like, so you know, be something that happens. It's sort of like a, you know, like a kind of a startling moment. Or whatever. She'll go like, whoop. I enjoy that. She'll, whoop. And there were some reactions from other people in the crowd. There was little bits of <gasps> whoop. And so that that's nice. I thought that was good. It's uh yeah, it's really fun. Like, I mean, I am probably part of a small percentage of people that last year, I guess it was last year, enjoyed Malignant, James Wan's film Malignant that came okay. out. What was is, that about? That is, okay, spoilers everyone, if you haven't seen Malignant, I'm going to spoil what it's about, because Ian's not going to see it, and if I tell you this, you may not want to watch it either. But it's a fun film, and it's about this woman who doesn't know it, but has a twin attached to herself. All right. And this twin is not a good twin. And so, but it's on the back of her head, and so when her, so when this, so when she's sleeping, this twin takes over her body and does bad things to people. Sometimes they're in defense of this woman. And I think there's a scene where her, like, her husband abuses her, um, and that kind of wakes the twin, twin up, and then, then, then that starts all the bad stuff. But there's a fantastic scene in the film where the, the woman's asleep, and her body's being controlled by this twin who, like, the, she has like long hair, the woman, and so then it's split open, and then you can see the face of this creature when, when yeah. it's being evil. But uh, there's this great sequence where she has, there's like a giant battle, like a big fight in this police station. And she's sleeping and the twins are, is controlling her. And so it's just this woman who's like just doing all these weird, because she's fighting backwards as well. Because mm-hmm. the twins, you know, so she's fighting yeah. these people with their hands. It's just, it's just crazy. But it's a lot of fun. The movie's a lot of fun. And my only complaint about it would be that James Wan is not like the most visual director in the world. Like he's very good at like creating atmosphere and stuff like that. But he's not like a big like camera move director. It's pretty much kind of a lock it down, kind of like do very sedate tracking shots and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And this movie needed a bit more like bravado in its camera work. It needed more like a Sam Raimi kind of style. Right. And we're it. talking Megan now. We're not talking Malignant. No, I'm talking still talking Malignant. Malignant, okay. And um, yeah, it needed like a Sam Raimi to kind of really push it, push the, sure. the, 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 the fun of it a bit more. Like the opening of it, it has a very trauma-esque opening, like very much like kind of like um, that Jeffrey Coombs from... Um, uh, What's that film that uh, Reanimator? Okay, this is that kind of really big, sure. like really big acting. Yeah, but then then that's when that scene's over, they kind of change how they they kind of go down a bit. Like it doesn't keep that style of like, oh, it's a crazy film, you know. Like prepare for like this nutty, f-. and then it kind of gets really sedate, which is okay because the scene should be a little sedate. But it never like picks that back up again until the fight near the end of the film and and another chase sequence. So it was quite good. There's uh yeah, it's uh it was a fun film though. We all, we all enjoyed it. And so this movie kind of falls in that to me too, where it's just like a hoot <laughs> rather than something where you're just like, well, let's like hereditary when it's over. You're just like, what, a, what a ringer I just went through. Oh, what? A, oh my gosh. For this movie, you just, when it's over, you're just like, ah, that was fun. Like, yeah, that was good. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. So yeah, it was, um, it stars, um, the woman who was the girlfriend in Get Out. Okay. She plays a woman who's, um, sister and brother-in-law are killed and so she she has to she agreed to do this and so it her response the niece becomes her responsibility but she's not very good at it and so she decides that what she should do is like get this doll like this sort of living doll thing that she's been trying to like get the company interested that she works for get them interested in and she's been working on it kind of on the sly at the company to get it working and then this thing can look after this kid for her and then she can continue on with her life as normal 
And uh, yeah, people learn a lot of lessons. <laughs> Some don't live to see the other side of them, but they they got a lesson. Um, but yeah, it was a uh, it was it wasn't super high body count either. It was you know and not super gory. There's a little bit of blood. There's one scene where she's pulling off this kid's ears. Yep. And that's uh, something to see. But yeah, like, that's probably like the most thing where you're just like, oh. Um, well, you need one scene like that. Yeah, you need something. Because make... now the stakes are up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like what will happen next? Yeah, you need the first scene in Jaws where it's like, yeah. Ugh! and I was like, okay, well, Jaws can do whatever. I'm yeah. just saying, you've seen what Jaws can do. Yeah. Now uh, we don't have to have Jaws do that again because you've seen it. And what was nice is that it's not a CGI character. It's a just a little girl in the costume of this character with someone else doing the voice. And so, and then they, you know, they just have her moving kind of stiffly, just a little bit stiffly, mm-hmm. you know, just to give it that. And then obviously they had sound effects. So you hear like the sound of like, I've seen uh, people doing her uh, dance on TikTok. Oh yeah. That's a fun dance as well. Yeah. 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 There's some good moments. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. The uh, woman who wrote it, well, she, she wrote Malignant as well. And she and James Wan did the story for Malignant, and they did the story for this movie, and then she wrote the screenplays for both films. But she was um, a writer on Grimm. Oh, nice. But okay. she didn't realize until we were sitting in the theater afterwards, and, and Mary was looking up about her. And uh, yeah, I, I would recommend it. I thought it was a lot of fun myself. But I, I noticed that my... Because I have decided... I have had Letterbox for a long, Letterboxd for a long time. The It's an app where you can like like log in the movies that you watch. Okay. But I'm terrible at doing that sort of thing. Like I, this is I'm terrible at taking pictures of anything anywhere I go. I never have pictures to remember it by. I just have my like faulty memories of them. But I decided that I'm gonna like try and this year try and like log all the films and review them a little bit, like just a little review, oh, nice. nothing like major. But and so um, I've noticed though that my my uh, reviews are I'm, I'm very effusive in my star giving. Like I'm really like boop. You know, pretty much all four star. If I like the film at all, I was like, that's a four star movie. So it's kind of, I would take that with a grain of salt, people. That's my my enthusiasm for the film. I find that the one problem with these sort of things is I need to let a film sit with me for a little while. Okay. Before I can really have like a deep thoughts about it. Like a, usually my reaction. Sure, that's fair. Because usually my reaction is sort of built into the fact that I had popcorn and some <laughs> and some cola at a theater. What a great experience. With people I liked. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> so that kind of changes how you how you feel about it, you know. That be that be interesting to like try rating the movie on your experience as well as the film. Yeah, so like because there's, yeah. there's some films that you'd go, that was a good experience, mm-hmm. but I know it wasn't a good film, <laughs> but it was a good experience to be in the theater for that. Sure, but I, and I guess you have to put that in your in in your review, I guess. If you know, like something like Rocky Horror Picture Show is not a movie that I'd ever want to watch just sitting in a room watching a movie. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's lots of fun watching it with your family at a theater with other people throwing water in your face. But it's not it's not something that I think is like a good movie. I think it's a pretty boring movie and and not very good. But the experience of watching it is great. Yeah, something so like think, Avengers: Infinity War. I still remember the experience of like seeing people stunned at the end of that. And it's like you know watching it on at home would be fine, mm. you know, or watching it in like a semi-empty theater yeah. would also be like, oh, this is entertaining, this is fine. Yeah. But seeing people just like looking around, going, "Wait a minute, what what just happened? That was a sad ending. What <laughs> what's going on? Is there going to be more movie? What?" <laughs> and some some places yeah. children would cry and I'm like, "Okay, interesting." Not what you expect at the end of your uh, thing with things. <laughs> or, you know, Empire Strikes Back back in the day. Mm, Everyone sure. like leaving going, 
Huh. <laughs> that took, that took Everything, a turn. Everything's fucked up. <laughs> and that's his dad? Huh. Yeah. So I guess Luke's got a real shot with Leia now, huh? Because uh, the other guy's gone. Huh. Okay. <laughs> what? When's the next one coming out? A couple of years? A couple of years? <laughs> yeah. They can't, uh, they won't screw that up, will they? No, this this is just going to finish, it's going to finish on a high. Let's go see it and, oh. But if it doesn't work out, they're going to fix it like later on with TV shows. Oh yeah, yeah, for the until the end of time. Every last little detail that every ever last little bit gets mentioned. Gonna milk it. Yeah, we're going to milk like, it. It's dry. Yeah, please. <laughs> there's prof. There's profit to be made. Um, so have you seen? Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it now. Uh, but like three R's. Do you know that movie? Oh, the, no, I have not. Okay. Uh, don't watch any trailers. Watch the movie. Just okay. Watch the movie. Okay. It's basically like a, an Indian film mm-hmm. that uh, is bananas and great and great and just keeps getting great. They're all pretty and, bananas. As okay. I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like <laughs> this is one that's basically like, okay, we took everything that we've learned from every one of the other movies that have been made over time. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to put it all into this one. And here you go. And uh, yeah, it's... Uh, so over the top, I I would be shocked if you did not like it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. It's yeah. A... We kept like turning to each other, you know, uh, me and my wife uh, through it and just going, like, what the hell? Whoa. Oh, that's nice. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. So, yeah. Give it a, give it a look if you can. It's funny. I, I grew up, or as a teenager, I watched, um, I don't know how to say his name, Satyat Ray. Do you know the Indian director? He was sort of like the... Yeah. The Ingmar Bergman of India, I guess. He was like the the guy that everyone... If anyone knew about Indian movies, you knew his name. And, you know, he's the Akira Kurosawa or whatever. You know, like, that's the guy that... Did I say the right name? Anyway, it doesn't matter. You know the right name. The Seven Samurai guy, if I said it wrong. Um, but... And so those are the movies, movies I watched. And I, that, so that was my idea of, like, what Indian cinema was. And then one time on Knowledge Network, they were playing this Indian movie. And I was... This is one of those times where you're, like, at home and you're just, like, going through the your 13 channels and then... You stumble upon this thing and you're like, what? What is this? And so I started watching this film. And of course, I didn't know what Bollywood was or any of this. Like, this was yeah. completely, a, like, just like a complete, like, cultural, like, uh, moment. And then I'm watching this film and it's just getting, like, more and more, like, outrageous. Like, all the stunts are doing. Like, it's all terrible. Like, all terrible stunts. Okay. Like, everything looks bad because it, yeah. it's all done, like, on a shoestring budget. Sure. But it was just so imaginative and so crazy. You know, this guy, like, it was like he was, he was um, basically, like, jumping his horse off a mountain like he ju- like and so they have him like f- flying down through the air like sitting on this it's not a it's not a real horse it's obviously like a like a horse model horse that he's sitting on here looks terrible and he's like coming down and then then he lands and it's just it's just so awful but it was so fun mm-hmm. you know like and it was just so weird because you're like i guess i guess indian cinema isn't all movie serious movies about this boy trying to become have a better nope. life they're they're like this crazy goof em up films with the with weird breaks for uh songs yeah. this one has some budget to it. yeah and this yeah. one has like well, i a, think that's more of more modern there's an opening Bollywood warning thing. uh thing that's not even a warning it's just going like you know the you'll be sorry <laughs> the, the, it was uh the following animals were not hurt in any way in this movie <laughs> and then they list animals you would not expect and you're like huh what's this movie gonna be yeah Yeah, like you see the warnings they're like what okay and listen you're gonna see some stuff yeah we're just gonna let you know right now (laughs) everything's fine fine they're all fine (laughs) and then like here comes another warning what yeah okay i don't know if i believe settle down settle down america settle down you're gonna be fine 
Put down your pens. It's fine. <laughs> I think it's on Netflix, right? What's that? I, oh, it's yeah. on a Netflix. Yeah, yeah. You got it. It's free. Mm-hmm. It's worth a watch. Is it free? I'm paying a subscription for it. Yeah. It's uh, no additional charge. You know what's free? Tubi. That's true. Let me know when it's on Tubi. I'll watch it then. Okay. Have a few ads in the middle Give of it. Give yourself a treat. And, a few, uh, a few ads for Tubi in the middle of the movie. Watch 15 minutes of this and tell me if you don't watch more. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'll That's what we watch. usually do. I have, it is on my like, I'd we, like to see we it. Usually, we usually watch like 20 minutes of something. I'm mm. like, then we go like, ah, are we going to keep going? Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, once I start watching something, I just... Because we're not immortal. I go to the end of it. No, we're not immortal. But you never know. It could improve. Like Lisa could, read... But there could be something else you could it's be funny watching. It's funny because I remember Lisa reading Life of, The Life of Pi, though. Which was later made into a movie there. But she's reading the book. This is before the movie came out. And mm-hmm. she did not like it. She really did not like the book. She kept complaining about it. But she it's a, was a Booker Prize winner, which she makes a point of trying to read all, all the Booker Prize winning books. Okay. And so she was p- pushing through it, pushing through it. And then she got to the end and it just turned and she loved it. The whole ending just made her love the whole book. Okay. You know, so you never know. Like I, You I, never know. You know, yes, often you'll just be disappointed and it's a wet sandwich right from the beginning to the end and that's that's how it goes. But but there's just those times where Here's basically what will make me stop watching them is I, I watch them. it's not like a plot that I don't like. Okay. Because that I might watch I might keep watching anyway, going like, yeah, it might turn. Mm-hmm. Um but when I when I watch a movie and go, ah, they don't give a damn. Okay. Like the the filmmakers don't give a sure. damn. Okay. They've done something lazy here. Mm. And and it could be faking me out because like they're gonna pay it off later. That is there's potential and maybe I'm missing yeah, it. Yeah. But for the most part, you can tell like when a movie starts and they're like like t- t- you know this film is one where you're just like oh oh well, we're okay we're making a movie are we all yeah. right okay yeah. yeah you know people's time is precious here okay yeah mm. uh, and sometimes you watch a movie and go like this is a Netflix movie it's an establishing scene that's beautiful. Now we're in a hallway. Now we're having a long conversation. Now here's something that looks expensive, but there's no impact to it. Okay, it's just going to be this for the rest of it. I know what it's going to be. The gray man starts, and I'm like, I know what this is going to be. I watched 20 <laughs> minutes of it. Is this going to be any different from, you know, whatever that movie with the immortal nice the lady? Old guard? Old guard. Is this going to be any different than that? It's not. It's going to be the same kind of pacing, the same kind of beats. It's going to be, it's fine. Mm. And, you know, it's just going to be different than, you know, uh, The Rock and Ryan Reynolds and, you know, uh, Wonder Woman uh, doing their thing. Nah, it's fine. They don't, they don't care. It's fine. He'll care about other, they'll care about other movies they do later. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. You watch the beginning of uh, Black Adam and you go like, yeah, they don't care. So <laughs> it's going to be, this was going to be. Yeah. All right. I, I, so you didn't watch The Green Man all the way to the end? I did. <laughs> so you are immortal. No, but I, I you knew it. You knew it was going to no, happen. No, yeah. You, it's garbage. But I watched it. I watched it to the end. Because once I start watching... It's the same with... If I read a book and I don't like it, I read it right to the very end of it. Same with when I watch a movie. I just feel like, well, I'm on for... I'm along till the end. Do I you did, eat a meal you don't like when you've had a couple of bites? You better finish your plate? Yeah. I will no. eat a meal I don't like. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you can stop. Don't you waste. Don't, have don't to. waste food. No, it's it's a waste of your time. <laughs> your time is more precious than food. <laughs> Tell that to people in Africa. Um, yeah, they'd say the same thing. <laughs> probably would. Don't eat that. It's garbage. Yeah, yeah. You go to someone uh, who in Africa and, and go like, uh, "Do you want me to eat really bad food? Would that help you out? Do I get the food? No. Oh, well then no. I have no interest. In terrible food. Don't do it. The time I went, the time I went to that place that had the wiener on the bunun. I have to admit, I did not finish my food. I just took one bite. Are you talking a hot dog? Because a wiener on a bun sounds like you're just talking about a hot dog. 
Yeah, but it was, the place advertised a wiener on a banan. So that's what I call it, wiener on a banan. Okay, what but, did they do wrong to it? They, well, they put two ends on bun, so they made it into a banan. So that was their first mistake. Okay. Did it taste any different because it was spelled different? <sighs> if I, I've told you this story, but I'll tell it again. Tell again. It's been a while. So this is back in the days when we watched diners, drive-ins, and dives. Okay. So you have this sort of idea in your head that there's places out there that no one knows about that maybe you'll discover. Sure. And it'll be like a little out-of-the-way place that makes amazing food. Could be. And so one day Lisa was driving around and she saw this place in Langley at uh, 248th and 56th Avenue, which was a site of a former gas station. The gas station was still there, but they closed at the pumps. And basically, basically it was just a corner store left. Gotcha. And then there was a little like... What I think it was formerly like a pizza restaurant, but at this point it wasn't a pizza restaurant, or it was a deli before or something. So Lisa was driving along and she saw this sandwich board that advertised a wiener on a bun nun. So, <laughs> so she's like, she came home and she said, "Oh, I found this place and it looks really good." And I think she was thinking it looks really good because it's out of the way and this, you know. Yeah. So by the rule of diners, drive-ins, and dives, it's going to be great. So I said, "Okay." So we drove over there. So we get to the place, <laughs> and they have like a few tables outside. And there's a guy there, and he's, like, fixing his bike on one of the tables. He has the bike upside down, resting on his handlebars in the seat on a table, and he's, like, greasing the chain. Okay. And his hands are all greasy. Okay. From doing this. So we get there, and he's kind of like, oh, I have to stop working on my bike? Oh, all right. So we go in to this place, and, and it was like it was like a former deli or something, because it had, you know how they have, the deli places have those little glass cases? Sure. Like the coolers and stuff, but they have the glass these they, these were they had glass coolers and stuff there, but they weren't cooling anything. They just had like garbage piled up inside <laughs> them. And so I'm like, oh, this does not look good. But Lisa's like, oh, it's gonna be fine. So we order three. Mary was with us. Or Mary was Eve. Maybe Mary wasn't. A, anyway, one of the girls was with us. One of the other ones was Lucky. <laughs> and so we order three wieners on a banan. And so the guy goes over to this pot, and it's has like these gray wieners that have been like spiral cut so they're all like exploding out sure but they're all like the color of death okay and they're just boiling in this water they may have been boiling there for a month maybe longer i don't know and by the way this guy has not washed his hands or anything like that (laughs) and so he like cuts a bun (laughs) with his hands that he'd just been fixing a bike with yeah and then he gets the thing and he reaches in and he takes one of these these wieners these death wieners and he puts it on the bun yeah and then he gives us each one. Yeah. And then we had to pay a lot of money for them. Like more than I think is sensible for what we were getting. Okay. I can't remember what it was now, but at the time I... $3 each would be right. It was more than that. Okay. And so then uh, we like, there were some condiments there and we put the condiments on it. And then we go outside to a table that didn't have a bike on it. And then we ate our slightly oh, you ate soiled them? hot dog. I took a bite of it. Yeah. Because I felt like I sh- it would be polite. And then I just immediately spat it into my into my napkin. Yeah. And that was as much as I ate of it because it was disgusting. Right. It tasted like it was off. You were in a Gordon Ramsay's kitchen nightmares. You didn't realize <laughs> that you were in a different show. <laughs> if only he was there yelling at this person, that would have made it better. And I don't know if Mary finished hers or Eve finished hers. Lisa definitely finished hers and wow. regretted it. Regretted it immediately afterwards. And then we left. And I said, I'm not going to watch Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives anymore. I, I don't know if that's true. But yeah, it's uh, it was disturbing. It was a very disturbing Oh, well, I'm so thing. sorry. And I think Lisa got sick after we ate that. And I, you know. Is the place still around? Well, no. 
I'm sure if like someone driving, someone probably from like a health inspector in Langley drove by and went, what's this? <laughs> what is this place? Wiener and a Bunnan. I have to take a look. Went in, found the guy probably inside fixing a blender or something like that. And then, you know, got served a slightly greasy bun. <laughs> Not like a good grease. Mm-hmm. Bad grease. And then with a wiener that had been cooked for seven days. Oh, it was it was bad. It was not good. Yeah, that'd be interesting if like you got your food and you're like, I wonder how old this wiener is, and then your phone rang and it just went seven days. <laughs> like, oh, that's not good. That's how much you have left if you eat it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was not not good. Not good. It was an experience. Yeah, I'll never forget the wiener on a bun. Then so we had uh, bad sushi once at a place, and it was just like, did you know it was bad? Um, well, we didn't really finish it. Okay. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, but yeah, we um, we had it and was just like, well, the rice is wrong. This okay. isn't the correct rice for sushi. Well, that's that's wrong. Okay, it's so not hard to get the correct rice. Like you need like a sticky rice for sushi. Yeah, there's a certain rice that you use okay. for sushi, and also yeah. you flavor the rice a little bit. Like there's it's a little sweet. There's some vinegar to it. Mm. There's stuff that you do to sushi rice. Yeah, and it was like this is just rice. <laughs> this is like your parents go. We'll make sushi. Okay. And and I say that in that my mother-in-law does make sushi, and she does make her own sushi. Yeah. And, you know, she takes, like, canned tuna, and she puts it in there. Yeah. And it's like she wraps it up, and it's fine, but you know that it's coming from your mother-in-law, <laughs> and it's fine. Like it's, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like a tuna sandwich. It hasn't been seen out in the sun. Yeah. Yeah. She made it. She knows what she's doing with sure. the tuna. Yeah. Um, Did she make a tuna salad and then put that into the sushi? No, no, no. It was like a tuna with, like, maybe... A, Maybe a couple of green onions? Maybe. I'm not sure. Okay. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Um, I got notes, but I'm not going to give her notes. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was just like, oh no, they just don't know what they're doing. Okay. And so when you... When and this you, was like an actual restaurant? Yeah. Hmm. It was called Yummy Sushi. It's not around anymore. For good reason. <laughs> it wasn't yummy. It was like the culture was wrong. Like the culture was not Japanese culture. Okay. And so you're like, oh, but maybe there's a take on this that like, nope. Nope. No, this is just wrong. <laughs> And it was like it was too it was too warm and weird, oh. and it was just like uh, we shouldn't like we had a uh, they had miso soup the yeah. miso soup was wrong oh. it just tasted like soapy and like oh they they the bowls it, have not been rinsed enough oh. uh, yeah and every aspect of it was it was like the worst uh, sushi we'd ever had so we didn't eat much of it we were yeah, like, yeah. we just like to wrap this up and take it home take it outside chunk like <laughs> yeah once again we're not immortal. Yeah, and we're not going to finish this. Nor do we have stomachs of cast iron. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how that the politeness, though, that you just well, I better take a bite because he's watching me. Wretch. Yeah, I'll just tab my dab my face with this napkin. Spit. Get rid of that. Yeah, I'll finish this later. I'm a bit full. Mm -hmm. This bite. This bite was enough for me. I got so hungry ordering, and then I got, <laughs> I overordered. That one bite was just plenty. I'm I'm good. I'm on the one bite an hour diet. So I'll see you later. <laughs> anyway, good luck with that bike. <laughs> um, I just want, I wanted to revisit a couple of things we talked about uh, last week. Please do that were a race forever. Please. One was you were talking about something interesting, which was I think was uh that doesn't seem likely. A hundred ways to improve your life. Okay, slightly in- improve your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? We do remember that. Yeah. Let me uh, look that up. All right. I thought that, I thought that was sort of a, a fun, a fun little topic that got that got destroyed forever by the <laughs> by the by the universe. It's uh, from uh, the Guardian. Uh, the Guardian. Newspaper. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a uh, hundred ways 
to slightly leave your uh, lover. improve your life. Oh, sorry. But uh, yeah, to leave your lover as well. That's one of the ways <laughs> to improve your life is to leave a bad lover. Uh, but it was uh, is to improve your life without uh, trying. Oh, too hard. Okay, okay. So uh, here's uh, here's I'll give you the top ten. I want you to give me the top ten, and then I want you to In give me rhyme. the final ten. Oh, okay. Number one, exercise on a Monday night because nothing fun happens on a Monday night. Okay. I, I think I like weekend night, so I, I don't agree with that. But you know, whatever's the least fun night, I would say that's the night to exercise. On. I'm, I'm a morning guy. Okay. Uh, on the fence about a purchase, wait 72 hours. That's good advice. Yep. That's good advice. Uh, the quickest supermarket queue is always behind the fullest trolley because greeting, paying, and packing take longer than you think. I don't know if that's true, and I, I don't, don't think you agreed with that last time. Yeah. I feel like maybe, well, having gone to England, uh, well, it's been a while since I was there, but I remember going there one time. One time. We went, to, this is in Kirkwall in Orkney, and we went to a grocery store after some sort of like event across the street. So unfortunately, a lot of people had the same idea that we did, which was we might as well go to the grocery store before we go home. Sure. So they had a bit of a sudden rush. And so there's about 24 of us in line for the single cashier that was open. And there was employees and they were walking back and forth. <laughs> they were doing something. I don't know what they were doing, but... It was casual There was day. no need to open a second till because no. why? Yeah. What's the point? It's just a little rush and these people can wait a half an hour to finally get whatever they bought, which was the, my case. I bought some French's yellow mustard <laughs> because no one had it where I was staying and we kept having barbecues and I was like, man, this would be great if it had French's yellow mustard. <laughs> so I bought some at the store because they had some there and it was, it was unbelievable. And... um but yeah, it was just so weird because like, you know, and maybe we're spoiled here in North America, but I'm used, to, you know, I was used to like shopping at Safeway, especially when the girls were young. And this was when Mary was young that this happened. And, you know, they would see you like dad with kid and they'd be like, hey, don't we've opened another cashier. Just yeah. go over there, you know, get, you know, get get on the road. And, you know, and but even like this regular like, you know, op- extra people, let's open another till and get them out of here. You know, like whereas this place was just kind of like you know what, it's fine. Like, someone, Sally needs, she's got her thing she's doing in the back. She doesn't need to be opening a till up. It's fine. We'll just let everyone wait. And it was just weird. It was a weird experience. And it's happened a few times there where you go to, like, a store and you're, like, in a huge queue. And you're like, I guess people like the queue here because this would, like, cause, like, a riot. Like, it would be burning (laughs) down the store in, in Canada or in the U.S. So I don't know. I think their advice there is, like, based on their idea of what is reasonable amount of time to wait, you know. And maybe they don't have express checkout there as well, where you well, have maybe. like 15 items and you can like sneak it sneak through that way. You know, or if you're really lucky, then they open up where you buy the lottery tickets and stuff. And they're like, if you don't have anything to weigh, you can come out this way. And you're like, oh, I've just got a couple of things I'm buying. Let me out of here. Yeah. Oh, I could use some razor blades. Thanks. <laughs> so, yeah. So what's the uh, number? Number whatever. four. Number four. Bring fruit to work. I do that every every day. You so. bring an apple? I, bring an, I have an orange in the morning and I have an apple in the afternoon. Very nice. Uh, they also say bring fruit to bed, which I get what they're saying because yeah. um, if you want to wake up in the morning, like a good thing to do is drink a full glass of water. That's one of the things you do okay. to wake up. Uh, but if you eat uh, an apple when you first wake up, yeah. it wakes everything up and your body goes, oh, we're all right, business, oh, really? let's get going. Didn't know that. And then you brush your teeth afterwards and you're fine. You don't then get that, uh, I brushed my teeth, now let me eat some fruit. Ugh. 
You're like you're starting off. <laughs> no, with no, like, you should never do that. Yeah. You know, you're starting off with. Uh, yeah, yeah. You could even have an orange if you want, but it's okay. a bit acidic. I just have a bowl of cereal, but whatever. Well, you're not going to have a bowl of cereal next to your bed, but you could like just grab the apple yes. and just, uh, you know, okay. and uh, you look out the window, think of your life, uh, consider your options. <laughs> I don't like warm fruit, but okay. Oh wow. Okay. All right. Very it good. has to be cold. Uh, all right. <laughs> Why? Why does it have to be cold? It hurts your like teeth. It. No, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't hurt my all teeth right. at all. <laughs> Number five. What, do you have chalk for teeth? Uh, I'm, I got sensitive teeth. Okay. Consider uh, going... Uh, this was confusing. Okay. Consider going down to four days a week. It's likely a disproportionate amount of your fifth day's work is taxed anyway, so you'll lose way less than a fifth of your take-home pay. There's some isn't math every, in there. Isn't every day taxed? But I guess, I guess, I guess the idea is that... You're you, not going to go into a higher tax. You're bracket. not going to go into a higher tax bracket. Yeah, says the journalist writing for a newspaper, getting getting more money than me making a. Oh yeah, warehouse. yeah. Someone who's working for a newspaper has it made. <laughs> well, this, this, making a making a still... list article. <laughs> Rich. That's what that person is. Well, no wonder they can take a day off. Yeah, they're fine. Not yeah, 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 yeah. You're doing listicles. Oh boy, howdy! Your your your, <laughs> your life's gone in the right direction. Uh, everyone has an emotional blind spot when they fight. Work out what yours is and remember it. What's your emotional blind spot? I don't quite understand what that means. Maybe something like you always have to win, and so you know that'd be an example. That's just of normal, like, but anyway, no, it's not. Um, if you ha- if you feel like you have to win everything, then you're going to win nothing because you're just. You know, the person who's like, has to, and people just give up and just go, fine, <laughs> fine. And it's like, I won. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> but there's something about it. Maybe there's you something. Define win, I guess. Maybe there's something that's a trigger for you yeah. when it gets brought up. If, if, you know, something gets brought up that's personal or something about work or something you're sensitive about. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, it throws you off your, uh, your, your game. Okay. Or, you know, you don't care about a certain thing like. You know, maybe you think newspaper people are all rich, and so <laughs> to hell with them. That's your emotional blind spot. Like, I don't, uh, you know, rich people have no problems, especially newspaper people. Um, plant spring I bulbs. Did, I just meant I think they're in a higher tax bracket than I am. I, honestly, if you're writing a listicle for The Guardian, you're not, not they're not in a higher tax okay. bracket than you are. This, <laughs> no. Uh, this, is right. not, this is not the good gig. Okay. Uh, plant spring bulbs, even if they're just in a pot. Yeah, I mean, Lisa would agree with that. I'm not a, I'm not a, a, a gardener, but uh, we always have bulbs that yeah uh, in the back in the front. Makes you feel good to see stuff grow. Sure does. Keep a bird feeder by a window, ideally the kitchen. Love It'll pass them. time when you're washing up. Mm-hmm. I mean, so does YouTube, but I like watching the birds. Uh... You could watch birds on YouTube. <laughs> I can watch both. I can have my YouTube going, and I can also look at the birds. And number ten, always bring ice to house parties. There's never enough. As you say, especially is, in the UK. Which is, yeah, which is a weird bit of advice there. Because, like, it seems to me that when you go to the UK, there's a definite ice prejudice that you're going to face. How so? You're going to be like, can I get some ice in that? And the person's going to look at you like, well, okay, ice, I guess. It's kind of it's kind of swept over here, too, though. But you're like, a guy who likes a cold apple. I do, and I like a cold drink. Like, I've noticed, like, going to, like, the movie theaters lately... Is that they really skimp on the ice. Like, it's just frozen water, folks. Don't you pour your own ice nowadays? No, not at the theaters we go to. Okay. Like, the ones out in Langley uh, and Abbotsford, they okay. still, people still work there. They don't make you do the job for for you for them. Good. Because um, it's a sticky mess. <laughs> yeah. 
The only thing that's they good about sticky. it is you do get to flavor your soda. So I, I can get a cherry Coke or a lime sure, Coke. Sure, sure. That's machines. nice. Yeah. But uh, a bunch of amateurs working the drink machine isn't great. Yeah. And to be it's, honest, I just get a Coke great. when I go to the machine. Like I don't. Of course you do. Because I don't like the flavored ones. So I just get a Coke. So like I can get that from a human. And so, yeah. But they'll be like, they'll put like three ice cubes in the, the thing. And it's like, hey, hey, hey. I, I I don't know what's going on. I don't know if people are complaining that ice is like filling up the cup and they're people not getting do. enough. Dr- yeah. It's stupid. What a stupid complaint. But three pieces of ice is not going to do you any good at all because it's only going to melt and water down your drink. You need to have a good ice to drink ri- you know, ratio. Sure. So then your drink stays cold and the ice doesn't melt and, and uh, turn it into water. Later on, the ice can melt and then you can drink that slightly yeah, Coke flavored, tinted, uh, slightly coke tinted water. water. Yeah, people. But, uh, I, I the place that I've seen that the most complaints about. Yeah, was uh, Wendy's because Wendy's would have you know when you get a drink they would like do the scoop okay. of the ice. Yeah, and then they'd fill the drink. Yeah, and people were like whoa, easy on the ice, and well, they really make a dumb. big hey, I'm paying for that. Yeah. Whoa, 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 and this, yeah, yeah, uh, you're paying for good. Actually, I was reading an article about talking about why Coke is tastes better at at um, McDonald's. Okay, and they have actually have special Coke made for them for for McDonald's with it's beef tallow sli- in it. It's slightly yes, with beef tallow. It slightly has more sugar in it, anticipating the watering down of the ice. And then they it's actually uh, they use fresh water. They use fresh filtered water for the for the machines. And then they also keep it cold. They keep it all cold in the in like all cooled. So when it goes into the machine, it comes out cold into your, oh, okay. into your cup. I thought that was interesting. It was like a lot of stuff. Coke I, definitely does taste better on ice. I'll, t- I'll tell it you It does that taste better one. on ice. And it, it's funny. I love to have like a Coke in a McDonald's with my meal. Like I don't like to, to eat um, takeout for McDonald's. I only want to eat McDonald's in the restaurant because the Coke does taste better in the restaurant to me. And I always thought that. very strong food opinions. Me? Very strong food opinions. <laughs> That's something that it's has come across strong. in the last uh, the last eleven years or whatever of this show. <laughs> that There's a lot of very specific it's not, strong. I mean, I don't care if other people do it. I just I don't I don't like takeout for McDonald's. No, no, I understand. But yeah. you've got like even let's just go with McDonald's. Yeah. Uh, so McDonald's yeah. does not have the most varied menu. Okay. Uh, you don't right? need to. It's all you need is a Big Mac. But anyway. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They have uh, <laughs> quarter pounders with cheese there. Never had They have it. chicken sandwiches. Yeah. They've got filet of fish. They've got I do uh, like filet of fish. Okay, you have filet of fish. But you've, when was the last time you had a quarter pounder? I don't know if I've ever, I mean, I might have had one sometime, but I don't think I've ever really had yeah. a quarter pounder. Yeah. Because then isn't it just like a bigger a hamburger? Well, it's a hamburger. Yeah. Uh, but it's got a, diff- a different flavor, definitely, than like oh. a cheeseburger there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But just the idea that like you would not have tried in your life yeah. the most popular restaurant in the world, <laughs> yes. the number two burger that they've got on the menu, yeah. you have not tried it. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, because... That's you... interesting, though. I, it is. It's, own... it's unusual. Yeah. I know to you it's not unusual. Yeah. But it, that is unusual that like... It's like someone to go, I, I eat cherry popsicles. Have mm-hmm. you tried an orange popsicle? No. Why would I? I like a cherry popsicle. <laughs> well, that's and you've true. never stumbled across an orange popsicle? No, it's never really come up. Yeah. Like you've never tried one. No. Okay. All right. You've just had the cherry one. Yeah, I know what I like. And so I'm going to have a cherry pop- popsicle every time. Yeah. Why would I waste my time having that's an true. orange popsicle when you? there's cherry popsicles Why would you, there? Though? Why would you? Uh, for if variety, that's what you like. You, would not, you, like. you do not search out variety except... When it's, you know, the gray hot dog uh, place. <laughs> well, that's Lisa. Yeah. Lisa search, search, seeks adventure. I but don't l- Let me ask adventure. you this. So say, okay, 
say it's a special it's a special night yeah uh you know we're gonna go celebrate something yeah uh do you want to try a new restaurant or do you want to go to the restaurant that you regularly go to um because i have my suspicions based on your big mac situation (laughs) i don't mind trying a new restaurant okay like i'm not opposed to that but if it's a big celebration like it's my birthday let's say Mm mm-hmm um, I'm willing to try different places. But you do not seek it out. That is not a point of interest for you of like, let's look for a new place if you want to try the tradition. Yeah, no, I mean... There's a comfort in tradition. I mean, when, when obviously, we've, I've talked about it many times, La Masia, yes. my favorite kind of fancy restaurant, um, when it was open, if we had an excuse to go there, then that's where we went. Right. Like anniversary or birthday, Lisa and I would go there. Right. Because that was a good excuse to go and spend like $150 for for a meal. Okay. You know, because you need a reason to go spend that kind of money on a meal. Like, the, the, that's not something you can do every week. When I was a kid, my fan I forget, damn, I'm forgetting what it was, but it was a restaurant in Surrey, and it was like the restaurant that we go when it was fancy time. The mill. Something mill? Ooh, that's possible. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was the fancy restaurant. I I'll, I can figure it out over time. Yeah. If I like sit sit down and like think of nothing else. Um, <laughs> but I remember like being there and like uh, the steak cost fifty dollars. Like it was just ridiculous. And it was like, but this is the fancy restaurant we go to, and we only go to this fancy restaurant. Yeah. And this is it. Yeah. In retrospect, it wasn't the fanciest restaurant in the world, but no, it was the it was fancy restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the one that you went to, and you you know you you, you pick it, and that's your fancy restaurant. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry that like when the fancy restaurant then goes out of business, you're, uh, <laughs> you're cast you're, adrift. You're cast adrift, and like yeah. you know, I'm sure there's other places that will make you a Caesar salad but, at your table. But when we went to that restaurant, we never got anything but the same thing every time we went there. Right. Like we always had French onion soup, Caesar salad, Chateaubriand for two, and then we finished with the chocolate mousse cake every time. In fact, they would just not even bother giving us menus when we went there because they knew <laughs> they just knew that we weren't going to vary in our in what we liked there. I do like my favorite restaurant is uh, Tojo's okay. uh, here in Vancouver, yeah. and uh, inventor of the California roll. He claims it's disputed, <laughs> but he claims. And I'll do the. Uh, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, and uh, Nina will uh, go. That's how you pronounce it. Okay. Omakase, which is. Um, in your hands, it's in the chef's hands, and okay. they, they pick. But there's almost always like the greatest hits are there. The, it sure, starts sure. and ends with the greatest hits. Yeah, like there's Tojo's tuna, which is the most delicious freaking thing in the world to me. <laughs> and then it goes a little woohoo, and yeah. then uh, brings you on back with some you know sushi of the day at the end. It's like oh, so good. <laughs> um, yeah, and I would yeah if if you were to ask me like where do you want to go, boom. That would be the, that would be the place sure. almost always. Yeah, I would uh, I would choose that. But I am open to like trying other places as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. But if it was your choice, it was my choice. But then there is variety to me in the surrounded, sandwiched by. Yeah, uh, I know that it's going to be like good, mm. and then there's going to be some stuff I don't expect, and I do like the unexpected. Oh, uh, that's out. true. Like you do something that I wouldn't do, which is like when we would go to the Stormcrow Tavern. You would do the the dice roll burger that oh, sure, kind of sure. randomly give you things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that to me I do is, the dice roll drink. I do the dice roll burger. That's mm-hmm. a, absolutely. That's not appealing to me. So appealing. To me. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And it's interesting because I, I, and that's I. It's just fun. I mean, the you know, obviously everyone's different. So I I prefer yeah. to have what I expect to like what I want. Right. Like I what I like about McDonald's is the Big Mac. And when I go there, I only go there like a couple times a year to get a Big Mac. I don't, I don't want to get a quarter pounder because I'm going there because I like the Big Mac. Um, so I'm going there to get a Big right. Mac. You know, that's my favorite burger there. So the idea that I would like spoil, I'm putting that in quotation marks, spoil a trip by going, going off of that 
and getting something different. I'm going to play this, this scenario now. But you know, it's now, like, maybe what if I went yeah. there when yeah. I was feeling like hungry, what I should do is get a Big Mac and a quarter pounder. Oh, geez. And then just oh my God. have them both. That's possible. I'm, I'm just picturing this. And this is, and again, I'm wishing you no ill. But like, <laughs> I'm just picturing like you're on your, uh, you're on your deathbed uh-huh. and like you're surrounded again by loved ones and everything's sure, sure. all fine. And it's like, yeah, it's yeah. completely painless and everything's yeah. fine. You're dying of that orgasm disease. Oh, sounds, anyway, it's sounds pr- great. It's pretty good. Uh, so, but then <laughs> yeah. they ask like, uh, Dave, listen, sure. uh, we think you're only going to survive like another hour. Yeah. Uh, and there's a McDonald's next to here. It's the only restaurant we'll be able to get to in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, for your last meal, what yeah. would you like? And you go like, I'll, I'll have a Big Mac, please. Yep. Yep. And give me one of those Cokes. And like, uh, <laughs> all right, you got it. You want some fries with that? And I was like, yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we go, good, because it's a combo. It doesn't cost that much. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, not. that's irrelevant to me. I'm dying. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So we go, so they go over and then they come back and they go like, okay, got some good news and some bad news. We got, we got everything for you except they were out of Big Macs. They only have quarter pounders. Yeah. So we had to get you a quarter pounder. Uh, here you go. And then you try the quarter pounder and go like, that's way better. <laughs> and that was the end. And like, you could have been having quarter pounders your you know, whole life. You know what? And you go to the afterlife and they go like, yeah, that was the only chance you ever had to have a quarter pounder. They don't have any of those here. I think I did have a quarter pounder for that very reason because they were out of Big Macs. Okay. At the Aldergrove McDonald's. Okay. I went there to get some dinner one night and they were out of Big Macs. This is like during the supply chain thingy. And I guess they didn't have the patties or whatever they need to make them. Right. And so I did get a quarter pounder because you recommend, you're like, oh, you've never had a quarter pounder. Yeah. So I got one and it was fine, but I prefer Big Mac. And you never tried the McDLT or any of that? No. Never tried the Arch Deluxe? No. Oh, no, I did try the Arch Arch Deluxe. Okay. Because I had like the peppery... um, Sauce kind of with a it, mustard right? uh, kind of sauce, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did try that. And? It was good. It was fine. Right, very good. But it's not a Big Mac. Asked and answered. <laughs> I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to go with the so, 12 last ones. Here. Okay, okay, 12 because, last ones. Because uh, the, the, the 11th one ties in with the 10th one. Okay, okay. But uh, the 12th one, I relate to this one. Okay. Uh, buy a bike and use it. Learn how to fix it, too. That's what I'm trying to do okay. right now. Trying to learn how to fix it? Uh, try and learn how to ride a bike. Okay. Uh, it's, so uh, you didn't ride as a kid, or you just have forgotten over time? Yeah, I rode everywhere. Mm. Couldn't uh, couldn't get me off a bike as a kid. Yeah, uh, rode regularly till I was probably about seventeen. Yeah, yeah, rode, rode all the time, but had no use for it when I was moved to an apartment. Yeah, yeah. So didn't ride a bike. Haven't ridden a bike since, and forgot how to ride a bike completely. Hmm. Just the idea of it. It's so hard to ride a bike. Yeah, it's wobbly and crazy. It's, and it <laughs> makes no sense, and it's, it's on the streets out here where there's cars. Yeah. And uh, yeah, super, super. I did ride one about six years ago. My wife bought me a bike for my birthday mm. and we rode a bit and I was like, oh, this is great. And then our bike got stolen like that oh. night in a locked thing, what? in a locked thing that was in a locked other thing. Sounds like an inside job. Yeah, no shit. And then <laughs> our landlord didn't tell us about it, even though they knew that the bikes uh-huh. were stolen. It's like, well, put a little notice up like bikes were stolen last night. Put yeah. that in the elevator. We didn't know uh, for like about a week. And I was like, well, we can't even go out in stores and look now. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of made me bitter on the whole bike situation. (laughs) Okay, okay. I used to to ride them a lot when the girls were were kids. I would ride um, for quite a a number of years. I would would ride, like, I'd ride to Safeway or I'd ride to the the produce stand. But the the roads were, like, quieter then. Like, it would feel more intimidating now because there's a lot more traffic, particularly, like, large truck traffic on the roads than there was in those days. Yeah. yeah, I used to have like a trailer bike, which was like a trailer bike. Like so it had its oh, own okay. wheel. It kind of attached to under the seat and arched over, had like a frame that arched over the back wheel of the bike. 
And then it had its own seat and pedals and handlebars and, a, and one wheel. Mm. And then Eve would, would ride on that. Oh. And we'd, we'd go around. And then Mary had her own bike and she'd ride to school on her bike. Yeah, so I did that quite a bit. But it's been a while since I rode. It probably has been about 20 years since I wow. rode a bike. If you do, I mean, maybe, fif- know maybe 15 you. years or something. Yeah, it would be fun. We used to go down to um, Sunday Park and we'd just rent bikes there and go ride around on the seawall. Because we, we don't have our own bikes. Because my bike was stolen as well. That's mm. why I stopped riding some some local villain walked away with my bike (laughs) no okay so uh number 11 here uh politely decline invitations if you don't want to go that's a good good advice yeah don't feel obligated i'll start politely declining them rather than forcefully declining them yeah fuck no (laughs) are you insane (laughs) number 10 if you do go have an exit strategy Mm. can we recommend a french exit where you slip out unseen that's my favorite that is the best one to do Uh, i don't i don't like to do that with people that i know but if i'm at a party with a lot of people like some people i know and a lot of people i don't yeah. know i have no problem with yeah like, you don't just, want to make a big fuss of just like just, i'm leaving going now yeah and the other thing is canadians have a hard time saying goodbye to each other so you end up like with people like following you to the door and then they'll walk outside with you and you'll talk outside for a bit and then they'll walk to you with your car and then you'll be standing at your car talking then you get in your car and they'll still be talking to you and then you close the door and then they're standing there, so you wind your window down, and then you talk some more. And then they're in the back. And then finally you can go, and you're, and you're like, I was at this party for like two hours, and you never said a word to me. Why are you now following me out to my car? This is the weird thing that Canadians do. It's the a, worst to me is... Uh, my dad's you... a huge... Uh, he does it all the time. Like, he won't talk to me when I come to visit. He'll literally leave the room yeah. while I'm there. But when I'm leaving, he somehow senses that. Then he'll come out, and then he'll have a lot of conversation well, for no me. Well, there's no pressure, though. I guess... Yeah, it's like he is able then to turn on heel and go <laughs> at any point in that conversation, and it's appropriate. Yeah. So he can talk now. You've so, given yeah. him the freedom. And he'll, like, follow me outside, and my mom will be outside, like, being on the phone and being able to go, well, your mom wants to talk to you. <laughs> that's what he does. That's what he does. Yeah, that's uh, guys of his generation is they don't want to have, like, that long conversation or a conversation they can't get out of. Yeah. I guess you want to talk to your mom now. Okay, I guess I do. <laughs> Bye. Weirdo. Listen, man, you know, you made a vow where you have to, but I don't. <laughs> uh, okay. If in doubt, yeah. add cheese. Okay. Yeah. Most things. Most things. Sure. Yeah. Uh, don't look at your phone at dinner. I agree with that. Okay. That was a rule in our house. We had a don't read at the table. Yeah. Uh, that's rule. also a good rule. Yeah. That got broken real fast. <laughs> uh, do the one thing that you've been putting off. Think about what you've been putting off. I was going to step back. We, ne- we didn't read at the table. We always had, even if we... Didn't get along very well. Like my brothers and I, we didn't really get along very well with each other. But dinner time, we did. We mm. did have like good conversations and a lot of fun, jokey times oh, and stuff like good. that. We would kind of tell pretend stories that we just made up on the spot and <laughs> things like that. You know, like just kind of about this guy. There was like this guy. We always would talk about this guy. I remember my mom getting like finally getting fed up with you. Like, Enough of this guy. But that was like a fun time we had. Like as kids that t- and as even as teenagers or young adults, we you know, and the girls grew up. And it was the same thing. We always had dinner at, t- at a table, not in front of the television, not with the plates in our laps and stuff like that. We always had sit-down dinners where we talked to each other. We told each other our stories of our days and stuff like that. And, and yeah, and they still do that when they come to visit. We always sit together. I mean, there were times where, like, we'd do, like, a movie night where we get a pizza and watch yeah, that's watch a movie. And, but that was different. Like Yeah, you know. it's like almost a snack that you're having with it. Yeah. And I remember friends of the girls often commenting to them, like, they told me, like, they would comment like how much they enjoyed 
having dinner, like sitting down, like at a table. Oh, that's <laughs> so, nice. Okay, because it just seems so normal to me. That's how we grew up. So that's how the girls had it as well. Yeah, we we would uh, eat at the table, but it wasn't. <laughs> it's too bad. Uh, give compliments widely and freely. Oh, I'm a big fa- big fan of that. Me too. Tried to do that when we were at uh, the the anniversary thing. Mm. Yeah. It's like, all right, let's just say nice things about people. Just try, you know, this yeah. all, everyone's in a very vulnerable state right now because we're all <laughs> like walking through childhood ha- hallways and we're all like a little open hearted right now. And it's huh. like, let's make sure if something is said that's worth complimenting, you know. It's funny. That. It's funny how much I, I didn't remember, like, ha- or had no impact on me at, at that school. Because I didn't, didn't remember, like, what the hallways looked like mm. or what the classrooms looked like. like. I just, none of that stuff I remember. I remembered, like, the entryway to the band area. Because that was, like, something I did every day. And I always enjoyed going to band. So I remembered stuff like that. But I couldn't remember, like, where the art part of the school was. I could... No, I still don't remember where the woodshop part was. Yeah, I think we were... Where the hell was it? We were there. I think, I think we, I did mention that. Like, yeah. if you go down here, we, you'd find, like, the shop oh, classes. okay. Because I, I felt like it was near mm. the, the gym. gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't. Yeah. It was like, there was just, like, there was the cafeteria, then there was the theater, mm-hmm. then there was the Gym. gymnasium, and yeah. that was it. That yeah. was that whole segment there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was down on that end of the school that yeah. you went. And the art classes were down there, too, but I just, I, it's just kind of vague to me. And also, like, we've often talked about the smoke pit, the, the school atrium, and that seems to have disappeared as well from the school. Because there was, like, this open area uh, where they, you know, like, they had, a, like, a no roof covering this part, and you could sit outside. But the problem was it just became like the place where all the smokers sat. And so why yeah. would you want to go there? Blech. So, um, yeah, and I couldn't see that either. So it, this may have been swallowed up in the general need for more space for classrooms. And the weirdest like thing to me uh, on it, in retrospect was, um, you know, it's like, I wonder what the uh, theater area will be. And I'm assuming and like I just assuming, well, it's been renovated yeah. since I've been time there. Time has like, moved on. Like, it's got the, it's, you know, time has moved on. Yeah. You know, they won't have the same old-timey lighting or anything. Yeah. They must have, like, a different situation. I mean, electronics have advanced. Mm. Things have advanced. Yeah. Like, uh, here we go. Yeah. And we walked in exactly the same. Mm. The, again, I've mentioned mentioned this enough times, but the uh, dressing room posters were from the 80s. Nothing's yeah. changed. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's a mess. It's It was so dreamlike to me. That space, like first you yeah. walk in, and then there was a proje- so there was a projector that was projecting the little image on the wall that was like, is that are those theater things? Maybe, yeah. But there was, it was this play. It was some former. It was some, some play former there. play. Yeah, and I'm just looking at it and like, huh. But it was the kind of thing that, like, if I was dreaming about this, I would dream that there was a projection on the wall of a play that I didn't know. Yeah. That's what it would be. Yeah. And then I'd go into the dressing room, and it would be the same dressing room as it was. And it was. And it would be a mess. And it was. And no one cleaned the goddamn theater. That was the thing. was just like, you know people are coming, right? Yeah. They didn't clean it. It was just like... It was It was, It was. was just... Everything was thrown... Well, I think it was just a storeroom now, that area. So. Is it? Yeah. Fair enough, but like even if you have a like store, looking at what was stored in there, yeah. Just, I mean, they still had drama classes, obviously mm-hmm. somewhere in there. So you know, hey, guess what? It's the big reunion we've been advertising for yeah. like two months. Oh, are you gonna like put stuff on hangers? Nope. <laughs> Toss. Like here we go, but we'll put a projector up so people can come and look through it. Will anyone be in there to make sure you don't get stuff stolen? No. Oh, okay, all right. It's just so. Lucy goosey dream like yeah. what do you not care well it's funny because so we were we were talking to my former band teacher and choir choir master there and and who i swear died 
Like, she might have been a ghost. <laughs> no. She was not unghost-like. Why? Because her hair was gray? Very, yeah, white. Like, uh, oh, well, ghost white. Yeah, because she's older. That's, yeah, that's her true. hair gets gray. Well, same, same with me. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 did, I did not think she was with us anymore. Oh, really? At oh. all. Oh. And so that was, that was odd to me. It was just mm. like, oh, she wants to say hi. Yeah, I bet she does, if she could. <laughs> but, of course, how could she now that she's right there? Well, that was funny because we Yikes. met we met some people in the hallway and they were like, oh, you should go to the 80s room because Mrs. McCurlick is there. And, and I said, oh, that sounds great. So we went there and then she wasn't there. And then we wandered around a bit, a bit more and then we were standing at another room and someone came over and they're like, oh, Mrs. McCurlick wants to see you. And and so then I, I you know, I saw her and, and gave her a hug and then I said, oh, I went to the 80s room to see you. She goes, oh, I heard that you were in the school and so I had left to find you. I'm like, oh, so that's funny. Like we just kind of Yeah, chips isn't that out. weird? Like, just like a teacher yeah. who, you know, listen, you were there in the 80s. Yeah. Okay. So there have been four decades of other students. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, who's here? Dave. Yeah. My best bet going to see him. Like, that doesn't why seem is that, real. Why is that wrong? Because thousands of other students but have been through. I'm a nice First person. First of all, that's lovely. But, like, <laughs> she's had thousands of students. Yeah. It's been four decades. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what do you mean? Like, yeah, Dave's here. Oh, Dave. I'll go see him. What do you, how do you remember Dave? How do you remember anyone? Like, yeah, like it's lovely. Yeah. But one, that she remembers you is something. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. Again, four decades. And then, <laughs> uh, you know, of other students. Mm-hmm. And then like, oh, he's here. I better get out of here and find him, you know, and not see the other four decades worth of students that will going to come on in. Well, that was the 80s room. So it's not going to be four decades worth of students coming in there. Okay. Just... I think that would just be strictly for the 80s uh, okay. kids. I don't think the kids from the 2000s are going like, man, I wonder what's happened in the 80s room. Let's go let's go check out those fashions from I that. Mean, that I mean, to me, yeah. People dress like, like? For the teachers, it's just like, well, I mean, we're... And the teachers seem to recognize all these students. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is just so strange to yeah. me. Like, how do you still recognize all these students? You've been doing this yeah. for so long. Like... But I don't recognize you, these people, and you, I went to class with them, and I was their peers. If they were a good teacher, you were important to them. Okay. And so they remember you. Fair enough. You know? and I'll, but also, I think that, not to toot our horn, but we're memorable people. We're personal people with senses of humor that people will remember because we were interesting. We had, we had interesting thoughts. We said interesting things. You know, we could hold a conversation at some adult okay. level with other, with other just, adults. I just picture, like, if, we I, weren't I, if I was to throw down the amount of students they have had... Yeah. In the time since us, yeah, and and just go like, okay, out of this, I mean, it's literally hundreds, you know, if not thousands, yeah. Then it's like to me, that's just amazing. That just like, mm. Mm, okay, what ego, what what ego I would have to think that you would remember me? Well, sure. I mean, that's it's obviously flattering. I wasn't expecting it either, but it's very nice. Um, but it's funny when we were talking, the subject of what Delta did to the school system there, which I really disagree with, which. Which is that when we went there, there were junior high schools. So there was three junior high schools um, that fed into the senior high school. So you went from elementary schools. Elementary schools fed into the junior high schools. And then the junior high schools fed into the senior high school. But what was good about that that idea was that you had one big high school that got a lot of funding for a lot of students. And so you didn't have to spread out that funding the way they do now. The way they do it now, there are four different schools now in that area that we were once in that all have to get the equal amount of funding to try to deliver all the all the programs that they that were once delivered by one school. So when we went to North Delta, 
there was the shop end of the school where you did your career prep programs, or there was the, the graphics art area where you could do your career prep stuff, or there was also a cooking school there where you could do your, your career prep things. Mm-hmm. So if you weren't interested in an academic stream, you could go into those career prep programs and they would help you through doing um, like uh, job placements, like going and doing like a job placement where you'd work there for a while and get used to the job and then come back to the school again. Um, they built a house at the back of the school every year. So the carpentry students would build, do, would frame an actual like house. They would do the roof and everything so they could figure out, they would learn how to do like all the math for doing roof construction and things. They had the uh, auto shop, auto shop there that would fix cars. This is back in the days when cars were easier to fix. It would be much more difficult now and more expensive to do it as well. But in those days, you know, cars were pretty simple. You could bring them in and they didn't have computers and things. You just, kids could fix those. There was the electrical program. There was the uh, metalwork program. Then there was the, there was a printing press in the school. There was a PMT machine. There was a, a thing that would photograph the stuff for the negatives for the printer, right. for the printing press. They had all that kind of stuff there because it was only one school that needed all those things, you know. But now, four schools need all those things. So the so all those kind of programs are going to suffer. Yeah. Your drama's going to suffer. Music bands going to suffer. All those programs are going to suffer because they everything's watered down now into four different schools. And I was saying this, and Mrs. McCurlick was like, "You're right. <laughs> Dave's right." She said, "When that came in, I was I was five years away from retirement. I quit teaching." And just went into being a substitute because I didn't want to be part of that program because everything that you were used to is gone now. Like as a, you know, as a band teacher, you know, there was a certain amount of money that funded the band program and stuff right. like that. Now that money is, is now <laughs> gone to the winds because everyone's trying to fight for this, for this, you know, pie out for this. And also they changed how schools are funded. Right. So they went from like a, a, all schools get money to a you get money per student model which is much more difficult, for, especially for rural schools. That's why you don't see many rural schools anymore, because there's just not enough money for them to, to operate. And so eventually the students disappear. It's just an inevitable end, because you can't, you can't give the services for the students, so the students go to schools that can, and then right. these schools all shut down over time. Um, but yeah, it was, it was in, anyway, that was interesting. That was interesting. But I think what was most startling about our trip to the... What I like, and kind of what I like about reunions also is that there's no jerks there. <laughs> the jerks don't go to open houses or to reunions. So it's just people that are nice. I, I went. So I think well, yeah, there's exceptions that prove the rule, yeah, obviously. Yeah, there you go. Very good. But, but, you know, when you see people there, they're genuinely happy to see you. Yeah, there's no obligation. To and they remember, they remember us, right? They, even people that were like, we were talking to Randy Lee Taylor, for instance. I don't know if that's just still her name, but because she was married. But anyway, that... When she, she, I think it is. She was like a grade above you. When she saw you, she was excited to see you. She was like, Ian, Dave, it's great to see you guys, right? Like, it's so nice to like run into people and they remember you and they, and they remember you in fond ways, you know? And that's, it's. And so many, yeah, she, she does go by that, at least on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So everyone look her up. <laughs> and, and it was interesting talking to her because, you know, like I mentioned a while ago, like, you know, I, everyone has their own kind of way they view their time in school, you know, and you have your own narrative of that, you know, whether, and whether that's true or not, and most times I don't think it's true how we view our time in school, you know, and when we were talking, like, it's interesting, I, I actually reminded her of this, that because um, I remember when we were in grade seven, and we had it a bit different because the grade sevens from our elementary school, 
just us moved on to junior high school mm-hmm. for a year before we were joined by the other elementary schools. Uh, they just didn't have enough room at the elementary school we went to for the grade sevens to be there. So they, they threw us into, threw us to the wolves. Um, but it was fine. Like, you know, obviously there's issues, but you know, for the most part, what was good was a really like almost it was like a team building thing. Like all the kids, all the Chalmers kids were always very close with each other because we, we went through this sort of experience together. Um, but I remember her running up to me one time and like basically grabbing me by both arms and like saying, Dave, you're never going to smoke, right? <laughs> yes. You're never going to smoke. And I was like, yeah, he's got to promise me. So I promised I'll never smoke. And I said to her, and I kept that promise. I have never smoked. Unlike you, who I saw smoking the next year. <laughs> she, and she laughed. But she said, when it, she said, was I a bully in school? That was something that always bought, worried me, that I was a bully. And I said, no, you were never a bully. You were someone who really cared about everyone else and wanted to make sure that everyone was doing fine. You know, and that's not being a bully. That's something you had opinions of how we should be, but you weren't like a bully. Like you weren't like a mean person. You were a caring person. That That's great. Like that's so important, you know, to have people like that in, in, in your school life. So even though I made a promise to her that I have kept my whole life and she didn't keep it, I still think that. Did she promise you though? She was- that's true. That's true. I I think there was an implied both of us were saying yeah, we wouldn't smoke. Implied, but you're yeah, right. Yeah. As you legally speaking, you are correct. You have found the the loophole that she could use to get out of this thing that she made yeah. me swear to. Um but yeah. No, it's uh it's always I mean, I wish that I wish I'd been a little bit not pushy, but I wish I'd kind of, I'd gone and talked to the social studies te- teacher that I really liked when I oh, went okay. there. Um I think that would have been I think that would I mean, and I I think he would have remembered us too. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he was a teacher who cared about his students and remembered sure. remembered us. You know, I can remind him of the time I I handed in a, a project uh, three days late and he took marks off it because of that. He said he said to me, "This would have been an A, but you handed it in late." So I was like, "Damn!" I put off writing a stupid thing and then I, but it was good. It was a good bit of writing. Good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm, I was proud of what I wrote actually. And I hope you've gotten better over the last forty years too. Uh, my writing? Yeah. No, it's both the same. Oh, okay, fair yeah, good. Yeah. All right, next bit. I was looking to see if I was on the uh, alumni. Oh. On uh, the web on the Wikipedia. I am. Yay. For what? For for uh, notable alumni on Burnsview. Oh, that's cool. Uh, nice. With uh, Tristan Gary, a goaltender for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Wow, I didn't realize that. Uh, Juvie Cooner, a soccer player for SC Braga. Don't know who that is. Huh. Nicholas uh, Patan. Who's the center for the Vancouver Canucks? Huh? Brandy yeah. boy. Uh, Tyler uh, Connolly is the lead singer of Theory of a Dead Man. Okay. Eric, uh, Eric Fell knew that knew that group. Jeff Francis was the pitcher for the Colorado yes. Rockies. Yes, that's yeah, right. I didn't realize he went to Burnsview. Though. He went to I Burnsview. knew he was a Delta boy. Yeah. And then uh, me, I did Sparks. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's nice. All right, uh, going back to the thing. Uh, list, uh, and then we'll yeah. uh, do our other regular stuff because you know at some point we have to eat. Uh, yeah, I'm getting hungry. S- set up an affordable standing order to a charity, so like yeah. a regular, okay. uh, a regular. That's thing a good. For a charity. I- that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, keep a book in your bag to avoid the temptation to doom scroll. Hmm. I do. Well, I do have a book in my bag normally. Yeah. I, yes. Well, I walk. I travel with my um, e-reader, but that's the same thing. I the one thing I do forget though is to bring reading glasses sometimes. Just. Uh, Oh. Wish, wish my vision was better, and I'm I'm reading this Ivan Brunetti book on cartooning right okay. now, and it's uh, so tiny. Yeah, yeah, I have so, that book too. And, and I got lent this other a really good book uh, that's like about a French chef, 
and uh, a biographer kind of going and and and, okay. and following its French chef, okay. and it's like oh, again, my vision is just everything so small. <laughs> it was one of the nice things about Kate Beaton's uh, ducks. Uh, book was always like, it's a font that I can read at yeah. regular uh, eye level. This is good. <laughs> and I think we talked about uh, Kate Beaton's book on the on the Lost episode oh, as okay. well, and I strongly recommend it. Uh, it's a Kate, book, a book that made uh, Eve, or Mary cry. Oh yeah, it's very cryable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that and Brokeback Mountain, the combination of the two together just killed her. Fair enough. <laughs> Listen to albums you loved as a teenager. I wish I could, but I grew up in the eighties. Very good. So not a decade that traveled well. Make a friend from a different generation. I've done that a couple yeah. times. And also you've mentioned like uh, it's a nice thing about churches, people from different generations. Oh, for sure. That's a real mix them up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, staying over at a friend's place, strip the bed in the morning. That's very nice. I think. And I've... steal the sheets. <laughs> Whoa, wait a second. But yeah, I mean, why not? You can always 700 count on your friends. Um, and for instant cheer, wear yellow. Really? I've heard that too. That okay. yellow is a color people don't wear it. But you wear yellow. You, I have a, you I have a yellow up. sweater. I remember wearing it one time. You you know that home for the holidays thing, right? Where at Christmas time uh, you pay money and, and the money goes to charity. And then people will like they'll have like interior designers come in and they'll like decorate like a fancy local Vancouver house. Oh, no. and so you can go around and tour the houses. Okay, it's quite fun. But I remember going to one in in um, Southlands and there was a a young woman there who was like you know just working as a volunteer. And I was wearing this yellow sweater, and she's like, that's a very brave sweater. I really like it. Oh, thanks. That's yeah. Kind of... um, you know what else is sweet? Uh, Slurpees. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? Here's the thing. Okay. About that, um, Phil Rosenthal, uh, the creator of uh, Everybody Hates Raymond or Loves Raymond or okay. something along sure. those lines. Everyone loves Raymond. Has feelings about Raymond. Yeah, has feelings about Raymond. Uh, he's got a show called uh, Somebody Feed Phil. I see. And, and it's a good sh- it's a good show. Okay. Um and uh he was uh doing an interview um and talking about what got him into travel and what got him into travel was when he was a young man uh he went somewhere in the south. Okay. Uh he was in uh, the north in okay. America and yeah. he went somewhere in the south. Yeah. And uh and his friend introduced him to uh 7-Eleven. Oh, I see. And and uh, this machine that <laughs> made these wonderful uh drinks called Slurpees. Oh, too bad it's an American and, Slurpee. And uh he had a Coca-Cola Slurpee, yeah, and it changed his life. And he just went, "We don't have these." <laughs> and he went, "Like, you have to travel to get these." And yeah. wait a second, if tra- just traveling here, yeah. you get these. What happens if I travel other places? Yeah, there must be something as wonderful as a Slurpee everywhere. I've got to travel, and so he, turns out uh, there's not. But yeah, yeah, it uh, he got the travel travel bug. Out of, out of that that's funny but like he had a slurpee every day of, of his trip yeah and was just like this is amazing this is remarkable it's weird that you think that you'll love something because that's how i felt about slurpees when i was a kid like i saw i saw an ad or something for them and i was just like that looks great it looks great and so i like i had some money i saved up some money and then i pretended to be interested in my brother's baseball game which i wasn't at all interested in going but i pretended i was interested in going and then i snuck up the hill to the 7-Eleven, got a Slurpee in a Famous Monsters cup. Because at that time, they didn't have, like, regular cups. You just right. got, like, a plastic cup, which I had to throw away because my mom couldn't see it. I couldn't let admit I had done this. I walked up the hill, got the Slurpee, walked back down, drank it. It was amazing, obviously, because I still, still regularly have them. And then I, like, got close to the baseball field, threw away the cup after I finished it, and then I just walked over and never said anything about, like, this greatest drink I'd ever had because <laughs> I... My mom, I knew my, my mom would not have like let me get one if she knew I was doing that because it would, 
be way too much sugar, which he was very concerned about us boys having too much sugar because there was three boys. Basically, that's the only reason. There was three boys. Get the sugar yeah, out of that here. That all makes that all makes <laughs> sense. Uh, it'd be interesting to get a list of stuff of like. Uh, oh, you know what? This might be a good question. No, that, okay. Uh, Write it down. Something that your parents didn't want you to do. Uh-huh. That was a good thing that you did. Okay. That they were incorrect about. That they had sure. good intentions. Yeah. But they were wrong about. Mm, mm. Uh, in retrospect. Okay. Nothing. Nothing against them as people. Yeah, yeah. They make good sense to want you yeah, to be a doctor. Sure. And uh, but it was best that you did not become a doctor. Yes, that would, I, you would have killed I, many people. I work terribly under pressure. I'm not yeah. a pressure person. Um. So let's let's go now to the world of music. Oh, um, music. Once upon music, a time, music, there was a, a podcast that Dave did called Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. That's true. Uh, he did it with uh, his um, daughter Mary, who is her uh, own fine person. Uh, with her own personality and hopes and dreams. She is great. And uh, she was the co-host, and uh, the announcer was uh, Eve Dedrick, who you may remember from last week's show. <laughs> That's true. Um, and uh, we do a Eve, little... Eve did fill in one episode on Listening Party when Mary was oh, sick nice. one weekend. Yeah. And so we do a little tip of the hat to that show every so often uh, now, where Dave picks a theme and then plays some songs on that theme. And this is one of those weeks... So, Dave, what is the theme of the week for the mini Sneaky Dragon listening party? Well, this is a repeat of a, of one that we've this done. Is this is a repeat time. episode? Yep, this is a repeat episode. Oh, my God. I didn't know. Yeah, I don't know why we were doing it live. What year are we doing this in? Well, this is from an episode from 2017. Oh. Yeah. You know what? I really... What I really hate is all the people that think, like, a plague's coming, a plague's coming. <laughs> and it's just like, you know what I say? I say, say take some vitamin D and walk it off. That's what I say. <laughs> walk it off. Walk it off. Uh, this is... Um, and I think this Trump guy has some good ideas, by the way. I don't know why people are bashing him all the sure. time. By the way, I heard there's going to be a new Avatar movie coming out. Uh, it's going to take a couple of years to make, but mm. uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Okay. By the way, you're fired. Um, <laughs> Remember when he said that? Yeah. That's that was such a good show. That was a good show. Um, top five songs. Real People, mm-hmm. part three. Oh, so these are songs that... These uh, are songs... About- Real people. Yes, that feature real people's names in the song. Sometimes the song may not be really about that person. It might just use the name as a jump, jumping off point. Right. You don't know. You don't know for sure. But yeah, because let, let's see. We've done, um, so far we've done uh, Lon Chaney. Okay. We've done Andy Warhol. We've done Farron Young, the country okay. singer. We've done Dusty Springfield. Okay. And we've done Sigourney Weaver. Then we did Man Ray, mm-hmm. the surrealist photographer. Uh, Pablo Picasso, James Dean, okay, Rita Lee, a song about her from the band that she was in, and then we've done Lee Remick. And so this week we're going to do we're going to start off with Marie Provost, okay. who was a a famous well, I don't know if she was really famous, but she was a silent film, film star, star yeah. back in the day. Who, if you were a uh, person who read Hollywood Babylon, Hollywood Babylon by Kenneth Anger, yep, yeah, you read the horrifying story of her. Um, Dying in her apartment and then being eaten by her dog, who is which has been disproven. Yes, it's a been of times. yes. It's, it turns out is not true that the dog did bite the leg, but uh, they say to try to wake. Yes, yes, it was yeah. not. It yeah. uh, it was too good a dog to eat its master. Right, and uh, and she, yeah. there was a note there uh, saying that she owed Joan Crawford. Uh, I think it was like a hundred hundred and ten dollars. Okay, is that yeah. right? Yeah. And so take that out of her finances and take the uh, sell the dog for one hundred and ten dollars. <laughs> so this is by Niccolo 
from his uh, 1978 album, which in England was called uh, Jesus of Cool, but in straight-laced, stick-up-the-bum America was called Pure Pop for Now People. Let's give a listen to Marie Provost by Nick Lowe. Mary Provost did not look her best The day the cops bust into a lonely nest In the cheap hotel up on Hollywood West Said they never heard squeak. For hungry eyes that could not speak. Said even little doggies have got to eat. She was a winner. That became the doggiest dinner. She never meant that much to me. song um here's my uh one little memory of nick lowe that yeah. i'll just throw out sure uh, uh my friend alan and i used to do like a radio show uh in our high school mm-hmm. and uh people didn't like it anyway um <laughs> but we would occasionally like interview people we'd go out and we'd interview band okay band members yeah and so uh called up uh nick lowe's eight like and most of them would would be very nice about it because you know you're a high school kid and yeah I, you yeah know, and they either they'd say yes or they'd let you down easy and yeah. called up uh, Nick Lowe's representation, and uh, and asked because he was going to be in town, and yeah. asked if we could interview him. Yeah. And uh, why would he want to do that? <laughs> and just like, oh, we just got this radio show. Hell no! <laughs> this is a British person. This was uh, no, no. It was oh. Amer- It was American. Oh, okay. His representation, or at least oh. maybe it was the Amer- the American version of the representation. But okay, it was like, yeah, 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 no. 
It was hell no. It was like a ridiculous thing to have asked, and we were fools for asking. Interesting. And so that was my uh, memory of talking to Nick Lowe's uh, representation, and we did not get an interview with him. Yeah, because his manager was Jake Rivera, not his real name. Okay. Who, um, with Dave Robinson. I don't think I got straight through to the manager. Yeah, I don't think since so. It like was it. whatever the representation was yeah. a couple of stages down. Because he, uh, he and Dave Robinson formed Stiff Records. And that's where like Elvis Costello started and Niccolo oh. was there and was kind of a mainstay because he did, he produced almost everyone who was uh, a Stiff's artist. But then I guess there was some sort of falling out or difference of opinion or whatever. And so Jake Rivera left Stiff Records and he took Elvis Costello and Niccolo with him and moved them to another, to a different label, a uh, different independent label. But yeah, that's, uh, I think from what I've heard about the guy, he does sound like he would have been the sort of person with react the same way to your request so maybe it was just like a kind of general sure. atti- atti- just, institutional attitude that you know yeah. the whole place why the like hell that. would yeah of course it wouldn't you shouldn't yeah. but other people do yeah um the song itself i would say like uh I, I liked it but i kept hearing other songs in it okay like i really heard um uh what a wonderful world it would be with sam cook and like i heard a lot of okay. da, 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 da. like i heard it, <laughs> i heard that beat, yeah, yeah. but little bit it was a little it was a little different but like i kept like oh this song sounds like this song sure this sounds like this song okay. so yeah that was distracting me huh so that you know, enjoyable song yeah it is fun yeah. uh Niccolo's kind of interesting because he started like as a working musician in the 1960s for a band with the name kippington lodge okay and they were one of the sort of bands that were like trying to like become famous and so then when a producer was interested in them they're like oh yeah we're throwing them with this guy so they threw in with this guy whose name was mark Wirtz. he was a german guy who lived in in england and he had like a huge hit that he produced in the mid-60s um called excerpt from a teenage opera and it was like a big giant hit and supposedly there was going to be like an album that followed but it never really worked out like he put out a couple of singles based around it but they were not as they were like these big kitchen sink productions that were not quite never quite reached the heights of the first version and so then um you know he had he took kippington lodge under his wing and he produced some songs for them and but none of them were like hits none of them were like big songs and so you know eventually bands if you're not making money you can't be a band you have to eventually stop because you can't afford to not you can't if it's not working you can't afford it it's too expensive so they kind of broke up, but what actually happened was they stopped being Kippington Lodge and they changed their name. And what they did was they, they changed their name to the name of the guitar player in the group, whose name was Brinsley Schwartz. So they became Brinsley Schwartz. That was the new name of the band. They moved out to the country because that was the thing you did then. And they just started like, cha- they changed their sound. They became like a, almost like a country rock band, which was of the time as well. Everyone loved the band of that time, of that time period. Okay. And so they, they loved the band. And so they became Brinsley Schwartz. And this is when they became managed by Dave Robinson, who would later form Stiff Records. And so he had a brilliant idea, a brilliant idea to make this band big. He's going to get them to play at the Fillmore East in New York. And he's going to fly British journalists there to see the band play. This is going to be fantastic. So they get everything ready. They got the band. They're going to fly there. They're going to fly the journalists there. They booked, they're, going to, they're not going to be the opening act. but they're going to, I mean, they're not going to be the lead act, main act. But they're going to be the opening act for a band. And so then they, they hire a jet. Everything's ready to go. It turns out one of the guys had visa, visa issues, which they didn't pre- prepare, and so they didn't know about. And so they had to... So all the journalists went to New York, and the band had to fly to Montreal because they could enter the States from Canada, but they couldn't go from England. So they get to Canada. So the journalists are in New York. 
carousing it up, just boozing sure. it up there, right? Because they're journalists. Yeah. 70s journalists. Free trip. Just throwing back the drinks. And they're, you know, and they get to the Filmer East. The band's not there. So they're like, what's going on? What's happening? But the band is in Montreal. So they catch a small plane in Montreal and fly this charter plane, like a nightmare trip from Montreal. Always good for bands to be in a charter plane. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what, what has gone wrong? Then they land in some little airport, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, New Jersey, and they have to like drive from there into the city. So they're late. So, you know, the, so by the time they showed up, the journalists that were supposed to be writing these glowing reviews about them were just off, off their faces. Oh, sure, sure. The band shows up. They didn't have any equipment. So they had to borrow equipment, play a show. It was just a disaster every which way. It was this expensive, giant disaster. And so then with their tails between their legs, they returned to England. And then they had a, you know, they did have like a bit of a career, but they never really like took off big. They were much more successful afterwards, like Nic- Niccolo as a solo artist, as a member of Rockpile, as a producer of like Elvis Costello and other people. And then the rest of the group became the backing band for Graham Parker and mm. became Graham Parker and the Rumor. They became the Rumor. And then they were much more successful in that form than they ever were as Kippington Lodge or Brinsley Schwartz. But anyway, I, I digress, obviously. Nice. I'll give you one piece of, uh, ask you one piece of trivia. Okay. Uh, how is Nick Lowe uh, related to Johnny Cash? Well, he was married to his stepdaughter, uh, Carlene Carter. Very good. Asked and answered. Moving on. Because they did, um, because she came to England and uh, Rockpile produced uh, an album for her and played on it as well. Oh, okay. And so they met that way and then they married. And there's lots of great stories of like Johnny Cash coming to England and like staying at Nick Lowe's apartment. And like people like Elvis Costello and other musicians, of course, who admired him coming to like be there. And he he always greeted people like this. My name's Johnny, Johnny Cash. And of course, you're like, yeah, I know who you are. But he would always introduce himself to people as if you didn't know who he was, which is very fair. I think that's a good way to introduce sure, sure. yourself if you you're super famous. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember, um, I remember um, the comedian, the comedian, uh, Paul Tompkins, making fun of Tom Cruise for introducing himself as Tom Cruise. Yeah. Because it's kind of like, I know who you are. But it's also a way of sort of leveling between you. Yeah, yeah. I'm Tom Cruise. Who are you? Also, what else would you say? Yeah. Like, you just sort of... Have some... you heard about Scientology? <laughs> like, what do you... What, what, what yeah. you Have you seen my latest film? Uh, I know, I know. I'm shorter than you thought. Jeez, lay off. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to our next song. Because I've spent a lot of time talking about Niccolo. Uh, this is uh, Julian Cope. From By the way, that, that that's also a sneak preview of our new podcast, The Lowdown, uh, where Dave will be talking about uh, lots of <laughs> just, trivia about just Nick Lowe. Lowe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now this is from our podcast, I Can't Cope. Oh, with uh, Julian Cope. Julian Cope, who is a, a madman, a British madman, and um, this is from his 1984 album Fried, which features him uh, in the midst of some very dangerous substance abuse, uh, crouching on the ground with a giant tur- tortoise shell on his back looking at a toy truck that has fried on the side of it. It's a great picture. Yeah. It is a great picture. It is a reason you name an album after that picture. But but it was a it was an interesting and not great time for him. But this song is It would uh, be by the way, it would be funny if yeah. then you released an album with that exact same picture but with a you you doing it and then go like, well, I guess great minds. <laughs> great <laughs> Just minds. Just a coincidence. Just I a did, yeah. complete coincidence. I didn't realize it. Yeah. Uh, this is um, from from that album. This is Bill Drummond said. Let's listen to the song and then we'll talk about who Bill Drummond was. Okay. And maybe even who Julian Cope was. You might not know. We'll be right back after this song. 
there you go. We end psych- with a bit of psychedelic fade out there. Some yeah, backwards yeah, yeah. guitar. Also, I liked how short that was. Yeah. I like a good short song. It's a good pop song. Yeah. He was a real pop songster at this point in yeah. his career. By the way, if you're writing a pop song, short. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think it was a big, I think it was a big mistake when music stretched it out after the 60s. Like you can actually see that happen. Like if you're as much a f- song or as a, like a music fan as me, like you can see like songs you love in the 60s, the two and a half minute, you know, brilliant songs like Eleanor Rigby. Yeah. Like two in, two minutes. No one goes like Eleanor Rigby. Mm, that's too short. Yeah. It's like, no, it's perfect. that's exactly right. Yeah. But then you get to the 70s and suddenly like songs are four minutes and you're like, do pop songs really need to be four minutes long? Like, no, they do not. But at this point... I think it was to do with radio play and maybe the way albums were made. Yeah. Like you, you're not getting paid by the minute. Well, because um, record companies didn't want to give. Um, they didn't want to give. Or are you? <laughs> they didn't want to pay royalties on all the songs on a record, so they started wanting bands to like have less songs on records. So it made sense to still have like some value to the record. So you weren't getting a record with only okay. ten songs on it, and it was twenty-eight minutes long. Let's make it so that it's like at least has some value. Also, I think Radio Play also encouraged longer songs as well. But anyway, did we play the song yet? Let's play it now if we didn't. No, we did. I think we did already. I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, we're no, back. Because we like I said, I liked it. It was short. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was good. It was short. It was snappy. Yeah. All I know about uh, Bill Drummond is uh, he uh, burnt a million pounds. The, uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. It's you hard, don't hard to know. To. Because he was like a situationist. Uh, so it was a situation comedy when he did. Well, I think it's just they they were prov- provocateurs, right? Like yeah. they perf- they performed at the Brit Awards in England and they threw like a sheep's carcass on the stage. So, mm. like, yeah, okay. Uh, they made a lot of money. Like, okay, when he started, he was a manager. He was a band manager. Okay, he managed Julian Cope's band, The Teardrop Explodes, and he managed Echo and the Bunnymen. Okay, and I think he kind of neglected The Teardrop Explodes, but I think. Julian Cope also kind of neglected his job as like being a band guy. Like he was, the, if you read his book head on, which is one of those books where you read and you're the whole time you're just like, Ugh. <laughs> um, you can see why, like maybe he wasn't like ner- like he wasn't a careerist. Let's put it that way. Okay. Which in some ways is admirable, but in other ways is frustrating if you are a person who's trying to manage someone's career. And I think Echo and the Bunny one were more like, kind of like, yeah, this sounds good. Like let's, have like regular albums and we'll tour and we'll be kind of responsible and we'll, you know, and then we'll have a career and you can manage it and make money helping us do that, Bill. And I think that like Julian Cope, this song is about like, he doesn't like Bill Drummond because I think he felt like Bill Drummond kind of abandoned him. But like I say, if you read Head On, which is a book if you read, you'll go, Ugh, uh, you'll see why someone would like not want to support this guy who's like in the throes of, like, I don't know, like, just like, it just seemed like he didn't care about himself, Julian Cope. Like, he just like, you know, not bathe for weeks on end. Sure, that's fine. Not not change my clothes. Sure, that's cool. Take a lot of drugs. Yeah, that's great. Uh, neglect writing songs and putting out albums. Yeah, that's fine, too. You know, whereas Echo and the Bunny were like, album a year. It's going to have this on it. It's going to, we're going to get better and better as we go. We're going to, you know, and so, and they did this fabulous thing. I remember reading this in NME where it was in Liverpool and they did like a tour, like a mystery tour, basically. So you didn't know what was going to happen. You bought tickets to see Echo and the Bunnymen 
And then you met at a certain place and you got on a ferry and the ferry took you to a place and you did something there. And then you got on a bus and you went to another place and you did something there. And then the final part was you went and saw Echo and the Mighty Men play live. And it sounded like a great idea. You know, that was what Bill Drummond was about. He was just about like, um, you know, imagination. Like, imagine if we did this. And so then later on, he and this guy named Jimmy Cotty um, started a group. Well, first they did a, a song as the Time Lords called Doctoring the TARDIS. Okay. And they did like the, the Doctor Who theme. They made it into a dance song. Yeah. And then they started the KLF. And that was, um, and also the Justified Ancients of Moo Moo, Jams, J-A-M-M-S. These were like dance groups. Like, so they were doing like house music and stuff like that. And so, uh, and the KLF uh, created like the chill out mu- movement as well. So the idea of like, after you've been to the rave and you're totally wiped out and you're coming down off the MDMA, yeah. then you listen to, to KLF's chill out album and then you just calm down because it'll just, yeah. just take, take all the edge off this. And so they made a lot of money doing this. And they, apparently they took a million pounds to a remote island in Scotland where they burned a million pounds or they didn't. There is footage of them burning like something. Sure. But is it a million pounds? And is it worth bil- burning a million pounds when you could just say you burned a million pounds? Exactly. And have the same effort. Exactly. So uh, who knows? They, are both, they both are doing fine, those guys. So it's, it's all cool. Okay, cool. But yeah, there was a long, uh, there was a long like uh, fight between Julian Cope and... Uh, and I, my first album with Julian Cope was an album called World Shut Your Mouth, which bizarrely did not have the song World Shut Your Mouth on it. That was on the album <laughs> after Fried had the song World Shut Your Mouth on it. But it was such a great album that I just became like sold on this guy. And I bought Fried and then I bought uh, World Shut Your, uh, the album that World Shut Your Mouth was on, which I think was St. Julian. I can't remember now the whole list of things. But I kind of got, I got to this album he did called Skellington. And which is before a nightmare before Christmas. I don't know. Sure, I say. Sure. He did not steal the name of Jack Skellington. Um, he did this album called Skellington, and it's it was such a weird album, but in an unpleasant way that I kind of like. Nah, I don't know if I want to keep spending a lot of money on this person. So I kind of. I, but to be honest, I, when I sing that though, I still bought CDs by him. What am I talking about? <laughs> what am I talking about? I was. I don't know. Anyway, I'm weird. Uh, but if you want to read a interesting biography of like the Liverpool scene. In the in the late eighties, or uh, sorry, in the late seventies, uh, Julian Cope's head on. There we go. Another, and he's done a couple of good al- uh, good books. One is called the Kraut Rock Sampler, which he just goes through all like all these kind of great uh, Kraut Rock bands that he that he liked. And then he also has one called the Jap Rock Sampler as well, and he goes through like a lot of Japanese rock music. Uh, they're kind of fun because it's it's fun for someone else to curate something you have no idea about, and he's very kind of fun. But he's a nut. He he's he's one of those people who's he he he's a druid. <laughs> and he believes in ley lines and all, all that kind of stuff. So whatever, Julian. You got me on my knee. ley lines. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to our next song. Yep. This is um, Jackie Onassis by Human Sexual Response. Okay. This came out in 1980 on their album Figure 15. Let's, let's give do. It, let's do it. Here we go.
is uh, Jackie Onassis yeah. Dark Sunglasses. Sure. Now I'm like, what's the next rhyme? Mm. No next rhyme. <laughs> they, they, and it's like, come on. You know? Something passes. Sure, sure. You know, gonna take some night classes. Okay, yeah. You know, you can't just have the one rhyme. Yeah. And then there's some rhymes for other things. And yeah, It's yeah. a fun enough song. Yeah. But it's just like, no, you did your big, mm. you know, uh, one off the top. Like, it yeah. feels like, you know, you're writing your song. I've got to write a song about something. Uh, Jackie Onassis uh, wearing dark sunglasses. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's yeah, good. Yeah. These are all keep coming like water. <laughs> this will flow like water. And I got nothing else. Okay. <laughs> that's possible. Maybe it is a bit half half baked. I don't know. It felt. It feels like it's pretty fully baked. But you never know with with bands. Yeah. There's so many. It's not like movies. Like sometimes there's things that force you to make do things that because you, and you don't have time to like finish it or improve it or whatever. You know, because it's just kind of like we got to do the album. You know, we got the money, we got the time. This person's ready. Let's get in there. Let's do it. Don't worry about it. Just get it done. We'll fix it some other time or whatever. Or the next one will be better. Um, yeah. So sometimes those things happen. I don't know. It didn't didn't bother me. I... And then time passes. <laughs> I, I do like that they, um, you know, uh, play on that. Uh, you know, her name was Bouvier, and then it was mm. K. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, yeah, that's that's fine. That's yeah. good. More of that, and we're we're not doing that. Either. Okay. <laughs> My favorite part about this band is that they grew out of a band that was entirely kazoo-based called Kazoontite. 
So I think that's great. They 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 did that as okay. a, as teenagers. They 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 had that with their band. rival slide whistle band across the street. What were they called? Uh, what's that? What were they called? Uh, pull this. <laughs> All right. Okay. Pull this. Give us a tug. <laughs> They're called. I don't know. My slide whistle. It's a guided missile. <laughs> that's the one rhyme in that song. Yeah. Once again. Once again. Yeah. They're fun. It's fun. They're from Boston. Oh damn it! That's Boston. what the name of the band should have been. What's the that? name of the band should have been? <laughs> you missed your chance. Yeah. You missed your chance. Edit All right. it. Edit it so that okay. I can say that. All right. Uh, our next song is. Um, we talked about this. We talked about this album. We talked about this song a little while ago, and I said we were going to hear it soon. And I was wasn't lying apparently because this is the time. This is uh, Johnny Carson mm-hmm. by the Beach Boys from their 1977 album "Love You." Or Beach Boys Love You. I don't know if, what it's called, really. It just says the Beach Boys and it says Love You, but they're written in two different styles, so it doesn't imply that it's the same name. No. But anyhow, this is uh, Johnny Carson, Brian Wilson, cooking it up. Here we go. He sits behind his microphone Johnny Carson He speaks in such a Technically a song. Yeah. Technically it's a song. Yeah. Um, 
uh, here's one line I disagree with. Sure. Uh, he said he was like uh, speaking in a manly tone. <laughs> I don't think Johnny Carson necessarily speaks in a manly no? tone. He's got kind of a a wisp a wispy tone to me. Like hmm. he's got a very light, very light tone. Okay. Just, that's not manly. <laughs> it's just oh, it's that right? I guess it rhymed. Yeah. Yeah. But like you know, he's when you think of like Johnny Carson, mm. go through the adjectives. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll go through a hundred before you get to manly, right? Like real butch. It was like not not. Necessarily. I don't know. He seemed pretty. I don't know. He seemed like he seemed kind like of a like a slim. Swa- he seemed like a suave type. kind of a suave a guy, a man about I, town. I'm kind not of a say, character. Hey, am I not? I'm not saying he's not suave. Okay. Fred Astaire is suave. Yeah. But would you say Fred Astaire is manly? No, but no. He's, a, he's a dancer. That this falls outside of he, okay. Here's here's the Gene th- Kelly's that manly though, so that that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How about this? Mm. Uh, did you ever see the episode of the Tonight Show where um, uh, Tommy Smothers uh, took over for like did an impression of him? No, it's insane. It's insane. Uh, but okay, so Why? Tommy because it looks just like him, and he's doing all the mannerisms. Oh, okay, and people are just gasping while yeah, it's yeah. going on. So uh, Tommy Smothers, yeah, uh, manly. Because he looks just like Johnny Carson. So let me throw that out at you. A guy who looks just like him. Is he a manly looking man? Tom, Tom Smith? Uh, I don't no, know. No, no I he's don't not. Know. The answer to the question is <laughs> completely not. I guess if I'm hesitating, it's a no. Yeah, it's, an, it's a no. So, uh, yeah, that's right. I mean, okay. you know, there's nothing wrong with Johnny Carson. Sure. But I would not go. Manly tones. <clears throat> he's not uh, Robert Mitchum. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. But, uh, yeah, this, as I was saying uh, before, this album was... Um, Almost a therapy album from Brian Wilson, who had been, you know, deep in the throes of mental illness and drug addiction for a long time, was sort of coming out of it at this point. Still not completely, well, he'll never be completely normal, a normal yeah. person, normal in quotation marks. Uh, he'll always have the remnants of, of the, the, you know, the mental illness and stuff like that. Sure. Will always affect what he does. At this point, he was... Uh, because Capitol had released a greatest hits album of called Endless Summer, and it was a huge hit, and people became very interested in Brian Wilson again. And the band kind of recognized that, obviously, and the record company as well. And they kind of wanted to exploit this, you know, and get Brian back into the studio, get him doing work again. But he just wasn't there enough that he could, like, be the one time, once upon a time, commanding Brian Wilson, who, like, single-handedly ran... You know, the sessions with session musicians and, you know, bosses, brothers around and made all this beautiful music. That wasn't him anymore. Right. He was just kind of like almost like a, this is almost like a diary. The whole album, it was originally supposed to be called Brian Wilson Loves You. But then it was decided to take that album away from him and release it as a Beach Boys album. And so, you know, it has a bit more Beach Boys elements to it with them singing and things. But the songs are Brian basically writing about things that at that moment interested him. So on that particular night... It seemed like a fun idea on his blomping machine that goes blomp, blomp, blomp to do a song about Johnny Carson, you know. And that was just fun, that moment of fun. And I'll do one about the solar system tomorrow, you know. I'll do one about roller skating the next day. He'll do whatever he wants, you know. He'll just, you know, he's just having fun, you know. Yeah, nothing wrong with fun. Nothing wrong with fun. Our final song, everybody, is in our top five, is uh, Jacqueline Suzanne. The I think of her as a... Bit of a romance novelist. Author of Valley of the Dolls. Valley of the Dolls, that's right. Yep. Uh, this is the Pernice Brothers from their 2010 album, Goodbye Killer. This is Jacqueline Suzanne, which I thought would be like a an album ender. 
but it's like the second song in the album. <laughs> it's, it's weird. That could be an album ender if you stop listening there. I guess that's true. Uh, but this is the Prentice Brothers with Jacqueline Suzanne. Okay. Let's give a listen, everybody. Make a life for her full coat convention Near like a fresh parolee Surely sailor reeling up my tongue Dirty pants out of style glasses A credit overload and complete classes Sucking on a frozen latte May as well just suck my blood She owns and her whole train lurches got tired but it was uh smooth and enjoyable and short and it. sweet if you like them short yeah i do two minutes and 38 After seconds I, I, when music. i'm listening to the fifth uh, album uh, with a theme <laughs> i do and indeed like them short and sweet this is fine and fine yeah i enjoyed it well there we go yeah nice thank you david you're welcome for that i and think remember we'll... everybody uh read valley of the dolls and hollywood babylon that's your reading <laughs> list for, that, for uh... this week uh yeah we'll we'll have a part four i think yeah that will happen also, if you're uh, writing a song about a celebrity, uh, grab yourself a rhyming dictionary, uh, and uh, <laughs> help you, know, you can use that. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, that'll uh, that'll probably. Or maybe help you maybe you're a little bit punk and you don't care. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason you call yourself human sexual response, and that is not to win the hearts and minds of mom and dad. And I've sent uh, David Tommy Smothers doing a Johnny Carson impression. Oh, I'm curious. We'll see to... if uh, that appears on the Sneaky Dragon page. We don't know. Um, Go into the mailbag is what we're gonna do. I like it because now it's time for me to eat some candy from this bag and make an awful noise. The candy that we're eating right now is uh, Sour Patch um, Kids. It's it's only for kids. Dave is now dumping a bunch of sugar on the table. So uh, <laughs> if you want to know how we get ants, this is how we get ants. Ants <laughs> and um, uncles. That's right. It's not his house, so it's fine. Uh, question of the week last week was, 
what are what's some life advice you'd give someone? Also, what's your favorite fast food burger? Also, we know what Dave's is. Uh, also, what is the one song you'd play to liven up a party? Well, our friend Liam has written us and says, uh, worry once, suffer twice. Oh, Think what does that mean, though? So if you worry about something, you're suffering through yeah, worrying about it. That's right. I'm worried about uh, this big test. Oh, no. Now, I've, now I'm ruining my day before. And what now I'm going to the big fine? test. Now I'm, oh, no. Now I'm like having a bad day here. So you had two bad days where you could have just had like the one bad but day. But what if the test goes fine? Okay. How about you going to the dentist and you're, it's going to be painful and you're like, oh, no, I'm worried. Well, now you've ruined your first day and you've ruined your next day because you're at the dentist and it's painful. Huh. Fake it till you make it. I had, I had a crown put in a couple a week or so ago. And now you're eating candy. It took, uh, took two and a half hours. Now you're eating candy. Why not? Well, on your crown. What's that? What if your crown comes out because of the uh, sticky candy? It's not going to come out. In? It's permanently in there. It's, it's, t- it's uh, glued into your mouth. Nothing's permanent in this world. <laughs> That's true. Uh, don't put your compost in the crisper. Good point. Quarter mm. pounder BLT. That's a favorite uh, uh, burger. Uh, and I would ask someone else to choose a song uh, because you and the, me both. Yeah, there you go. See, I think Liam falls falls into my camp, which is that we're both a couple of music weirdos, and no one wants to hear what we want to rock a party. And that's with. why we play five songs in a row for yeah. you. Uh, Louise writes, "Thanks to Eve for helping out with the replacement podcast." Yeah, thanks, Eve. Uh, I enjoyed the rom-com roundup. Oh, great. Uh, I didn't mind the ending of Kissing Jessica Stein. The movie is about experimentation and personal growth. At the beginning of the movie, Jessica is just not ready for a lover, but she could really use a friend. Finding out that you're better off as platonic, not romantic partners can happen uh, with any couple, be they straight, gay, bi, asexual, or any combination. The subgenre of movies about relationships that help you grow but ultimately end is underrated. Sure, but it's not a it's not a rom com then. They probably don't sell as many tickets or streaming subscriptions, but they offer life advice. Others I'd like in this I like in this category are Chasing Amy, Five Hundred Days of Summer, and Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I'd also put Sleepless in Seattle in there too. It's more about uh, the yearning for connection and possibility of love after love. Okay. By the way, mm-hmm. in You've Got Mail. Yeah. Meg Ryan's character becomes editor, uh, an editor for children's books. Oh, that's right. So she goes from selling books to helping create them. Mm-hmm. The closing of her mother's bookstore uh, used to bother me too. But in a big city like New York, or <laughs> Vancouver for that matter, independent business and even big chains are going to be at the mercy of high rents and changing retail options. So I've come around to looking at as, that as a realistic plot point. Uh, I agree. I mean, it used to bother me more too, but... When even I were talking about it, I kind of I kind of came around more to the movie. <laughs> Actually, uh, just talking about it, you're just kind of like, oh, that was a good scene. That was a good scene. That was also really good. And then, and then I also think that because we were talking about how do you know, and I was talking about how that's a movie about life transitions, and that and that's what this movie is about too. Like, not only is she losing something that kind of kept her trapped in a way, maybe the, the, her mother's bookstore, but also getting out of a relationship where she, where also that also wasn't very healthy for her. Okay. And I think that's that improves the film for me, but. As far as the movie, as far as we know, she and Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks, right? She and Tom Hanks stay together. That's a rom com. Okay. Kissing Jessica Stein. Problem with me for that movie is that it feels like a cop out in that they negate the lesbian romance at the end of the film, and and then the tone of the movie is, "Don't worry, she's going to marry this nice Jewish boy. It's all good. It's all fine. She, the main character, would never go down this weird path into weirdness. Yeah, sure, that other girl can." This Shiksa, she can she can do it, but not not Jessica. No, she's gonna marry that. She's gonna marry Josh. It's all fine. 
All right. I have, not, I have not seen that film, so... It's really good up until the end. There's All a great right. scene in the film. Uh, I talked about it during the show. Watch the movie. There we go. Uh, life advice from Louise. Pay off your credit card balance each month. And when I ate fast food, I went with a McChicken or a filet of fish Tactically not burgers. Uh, to liven up a party, I'd play Kanga by the Miami Sound Machine. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I also want to mention I'm not into Woody Allen movies, but I really did like The Purple Rose of Cairo. I love the line, I just met a wonderful new man. He's fictional, but you can't have everything. Very sweet. That's a great, that's a great movie. I would also recommend to people not into Woody Allen movies uh, that... Uh, Everyone says I love you is probably my favorite Woody. <laughs> and, I, and and even if you don't want to see a Woody Allen movie, and I understand, fair enough. Uh, I want another director to steal the concept, which is taking people who are not singers and having them sing sincerely in a musical uh, with already uh, not new songs, but mm. already established mm. songs that are appropriate. Yeah, uh, I just love that. He was, like it was, he was so doing kind of a Dennis Potter thing. Oh, I don't know uh, what Dennis Potter did. Like he did um, the Singing Detective, okay, yeah, Michael yeah, Gambon and stuff, sure, like, sure. where they, they incorporate like or like fifties hits or whatever. Pennies from Heaven would be another one that he there's did. There's something, yeah. There's something so sweet about someone like uh, I mean, bless her, Drew Barrymore, who does is not a singer, know, a singer, yeah, but like singing sincerely, mm-hmm. and like, and then the notes go off a little bit, and it's like, oh, oh, like there's just something that mm-hmm. like deepens. You know, uh, the, the, the the poignancy of the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edward Jurgansky writes, Wow, three hours and 13 minutes of Dedrick magic. <laughs> I think I've only heard... Imagine if Jason was on that show, too. You'd have three <laughs> times the Dedrick. That's a lot of Dedrick. It's a little too much. What if Mary dropped by? Four Dedricks. Oh, my gosh. Uh... I've only, I think I've only ever heard Eve on a podcast when she was making the intro on Listening Party. What a great partner to fill in for Ian. David, uh, not only do you have one daughter and a spouse who is professional and kills it on the air, <laughs> but an entire Dedrick household. Yeah, he's really, uh, you know, uh, Michael Jackson's dad? That's Dave, basically. Just, you know, yeah. exactly the same in, in every respect. Yeah, beating my children. Yeah, making me into doing podcasts. Into doing podcasts. The funny thing is, Eve was really nervous when we were starting the show. Mm-hmm. She's very she was, she's not like a public speaker. Like Mary is much more comfortable talking uh, publicly. But as soon as we started, I think podcasts have that kind of magical feeling where it almost becomes just you and the other person oh, sure, talking. Sure, sure, sure. Where you kind of not that you forget about the audience, but it's not, they're not primary in your mind because you're not staring yeah, at them. Occasionally, back at you. you'll think like, should I be telling people this? <laughs> Uh, and by the way, I, we haven't done a plug for it yet, but uh, when you're mentioning that you've got a spouse who also uh, does podcasts, you guys do a podcast called Horse Mystery. Yes, that's true. That uh, you can check out on the Sneaky Dragon Network. So check that out. What's Horse Mysteries about? It's exactly what you think it's about. Exactly. It's a crime podcast with horses. Not hosted by horses. <laughs> hosted by David and uh, Lisa. But uh, about horses. Yes. Is it listened to by horses? Well, that's your business. Nay. Uh, why not do a Dedrick family podcast? Or is that a little bit over the top uh, with you versus the three <laughs> women of the family? I'd listen and buy tickets. Yeah, it's kind of like Little Women. Mm. And you're the dad who comes, the dad. comes in from the war. Yeah. My Little Women. <laughs> uh, life advice. My dad has always preached that you can learn more from your elders and the older generation, so never discount them when it comes to wisdom. As the huh. patriarch, he may just be looking out for his own said I was going to say, it seems a little self-serving. Yeah, but I agree with him as I stride to do the same uh, while I hope my youths will do the same with me. Hmm. Uh, there's a hamburger chain in Texas called Whataburger. Ever heard of it? 
Yes, indeed. What was the movie recently that uh, was that that took place there? It was a, a very important scene that took place at Whataburger, and it was a mystery. Uh, oh, that was uh, Vengeance. That's right, Vengeance. Yeah, Vengeance takes place with uh, Whataburger. That's right. I forgot about that. I was thinking that it sounded familiar. Yeah. Whataburger's been around since the 1950s, and now it's going to mention it, and I'm going to feel like a real ass. <laughs> uh, Whataburger has uh, been around since the 50s, and if some Texans knew I was voting against it, they'd probably slash my tires over me. <laughs> they do mention that in that movie, that people who like Whataburger, they love it. Huh. Uh, they're huge burgers, but they all kind of taste the same to me, kind of mustardy and loaded with chopped onions. I if like, you don't, I like uh, both those things very much. If you don't order it without... But I'm going to go with any of their competitors. Uh, it depends on what I'm in the mood for. Every chain has their specialty. Jack in the Box has the ultimate cheeseburger. McDonald's has the Big Mac. And Burger King has the Whopper, which are all favorites of mine. Uh, there was a stand-up comedian recently who was talking about when you're on the road and you got an option to do multiples. Uh, the Bacon Double Cheeseburger at Burger King. Then you go over to McDonald's and you get... Uh, uh, their uh, french fries and that is the good combo and then you can get soda from like yeah they're all generally the same though i've now heard the mcdonald's is the best so what do i know maybe get the mcdonald's coke um but i think my all-time favorite is the one i can't have because they're no longer located here the carl's jr superstar or big carl burger i used to eat uh carl jr's uh, burgers all the time we had one around the corner in walking distance from the Lone Star, and they were huge, big burgers with everything fresh on them. <laughs> we got a Carl's Jr. in Vancouver. I have never been. I walk by it twice a week. <laughs> never gone in. Yeah, we have one in, close by our house as well. Have you ever gone in? No, I never have. No, we never do. But I'm going to try it now that Ed has recommended it, so I will report back. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be going this weekend, but I'll, I'll, I'll be going soon, soonish. Yeah. Uh, feels to me like uh, it should be uh, Carl Jr.'s, but why is it Carl's Jr.? Ah, well, is there a Carl's? Because Carl's Jr. is the burger. The burger is called the Jr.? Yeah. Is there a senior burger as well? I don't know. I've never been inside it. Well, you have this information. I have this information. You know what? Tell me. Oh, I don't know. I, I was thinking, maybe I ate there when I was driving back from, from Los Angeles in 1991 or whatever. Oh, jeez. But okay. I, don't, I don't remember now. Well, maybe we both have to go eat at Church Carl's. I've eaten an In and Out burger. Oh yeah, that's that's quite good. It was yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. Uh, okay. In uh, the town they filmed the uh, Stockton, where they filmed physical, graf- I mean American graffiti, not physical graffiti. Physical graffiti. The Led Zeppelin album. They filmed it there. Uh, I just went to their restaurant locator and entered my location, and I got the Carl's Jr. star uh, character icon crying tears with. Oh. Sorry, there are no locations found under him. If I want Whataburger, which is easiest, they're like Starbucks down here in Texas. It can be found on every corner. Huh. Just hold the mustard. Once again, Vengeance makes a point of that, too. Just like, it's there. Yeah. They're there. Uh, if I you want to point a... out, I, li- I love mustard on a burger. So. There you are. Uh, here's what I'm going to say is uh, we got a Carl's Jr. Uh, we got two uh, up here. So uh, come at least, on up. At least three. Come visit us and uh, <laughs> have a Carl's Jr. burger. Proven song it's to like. It's weird that there's no Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. in Texas. Yeah, or least, maybe that's just that area. Yeah. Well, they know what they did. It's kind of like the weirdness of the Burger King closing in Aldergrove a long time ago. Why is that? It's just weird. Like when, to me, it's weird when a when a fast food restaurant closes. Yeah, there's always people in it. That, I was like, why wouldn't it be what, successful? Why would it be? Yeah. What, yeah. what more do you need than yeah. people in eating the burger? How many burgers do they need to eat? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it the real the the the? Can you make more money as a Starbucks? What, what's going on here? It turned out it was a family fight oh. that ca- caused it to close down, and the place sat empty for like a decade. Just sitting there? Yeah. Nothing going on? Yeah, same with uh, the Burger King place. Um, 
on uh, Scott Road. Like there was up. Oh yeah, up yeah. Scott Road. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was that went away. Looked like a. I mean, it looked like a Burger King. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it took the longest time before anything opened up in there. Yeah, it's weird. Proven song to liven up any party. I approve of "Shattered" by the Rolling Stones. Okay. It's a song Sean and I used to listen to while we closed down Lone Star Comics for the night. I can testify to vacuuming, counting money, and even dancing to it, as Sean and I uh, did on the counters more than once. Huh. Selling funny books makes you happy like that, and that song rocks. Huh. Everyone have a terrific weekend, and look up Shattered and rock on, sneakers. <laughs> oh, continuing, uh, you were asking about what's acceptable blood sugar levels for a diabetic. Yes, I was. Uh, I'm a type 2 diabetic, which means... Uh, my uh, my body creates insulin, but not enough. So I take medication and maintain a sugar-free diet to keep my blood sugar at a constant level. For my age and weight, the level should be between 100 and 140, depending on whether I've eaten or not. I check it at the same time every night, and I've kept my levels at an average of about 125 with a few spikes into the 160 range. The real test is when I get uh, my A1C checked every three months. The blood work uh, from that is the aggregate reading that counts it should be below 6.0 or lower just to give you some reference where i started when i was diagnosed and when i let my diabetes get out of hand my blood sugar was closer to 400 and my aic was as high as 11 so i brought it down since and i feel much better for it well good on you congratulations let's all be healthy everyone let's let's be healthy okay yeah that's really good and now uh we're moving on to lisa co-host of Horse mysteries. Nay, Winnie. Clop, 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 clop. <laughs> Bang. Murder. What? <laughs> Who said anything about murder? Um, big thanks uh, to Eve for saving the day. I can attest to the fact was that Dave was very, very bummed to have lost what he said on a really good three-plus-hour show. And with Ian being so busy and unavailable to re-record, that was true. Uh, <laughs> that complicated things. But good old Eve bravely stepped into the breach. Well done. Number one, life advice. I'm going to counter Ed and say consider uh, who you let influence you. Just because a person is your elder or is in a position of power or authority in your life doesn't necessarily mean they have it all together, know the ins and outs of other things, or have your best interests at heart. If you know what you want from life, it's what you're good at and brings you happiness, satisfaction, or peace, then take that path. So, to hell with the elderly is what Lisa's saying. <laughs> uh, thank you, Lisa, for on that. Number two, I uh, love the White Spot Legendary Burger with Cheese. Bring her one when we go tonight. Bring her one home. Surprise her. Put it under her pillow. She's usually asleep when I have a problem. She's usually asleep when I Sneak return. It there. Okay. It's a sentimental favorite, and even when overcooked, which is now more often than not, you're not wrong, it hits the spot. I get what you're saying. Uh, Vera's and Five Guys Burgers are also good. That's true. Number three. I never get to pick music at parties, so I don't know how this would go over. But my first choice would be Song 2 by Blur. Woohoo! Which I know Dave will say, blech, to. And probably not politically correct anymore, but Gary Glitter's Rock and Roll Part 1 and 2 are also good. Why well, likes a lot of number two songs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know why you wouldn't like Gary Glitter's song. Let me just look up Gary Glitter. I mean... Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Listen. That's no good. Oh, sure. my gosh. That's, that's I mean, really bad. Listen, I'm just going to... Dave, while you do yeah. that, I want to look up Rolf Harris as well because I wanted sure. to tell yeah. you something about Rolf. Time reading kangaroo down. Oh, my God. What? What's wrong? This is not... Uh-oh. Okay. Anyway, listen. 
let's get this all out of our heads. Yeah. I'm just going to check out. I heard Bill Cosby's touring uh, <laughs> uh, coming up this year. Sure. I just want to see what he's been up to lately. Yeah. Yeah. Check. Oh, dear. okay. I'm just going to put this over here. That poor jello uh, tree. Next to my Louis C.K. tickets. You know what? Just for fun, <laughs> I'm just going to look up. Oh, my God. What? A, it's all entertainment. You know, I made fun of you earlier and saying you were a lot like the head of the Jackson family. Yeah. A Joe Jackson there. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, I, I'm just going to look up what he, what he would. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, forget it. You know what? I'm just going to turn the internet off there. Yeah. Um, Better not to know. Here's the thing about I, rock and roll whatever it's called, uh, rock and roll number two or that song, parts one and two is, I mean, it's still a great song, you know, unfortunately the person who sang the song is a horrible person, but there are guitar players and drummers and other people, the songwriters, the producers who all worked on that, you know, so I don't think they should be punished because of one person, but uh, yeah, it, it's uh Oh my gosh. Anything like movies, books, <laughs> every, I mean, I get Sure. Listen to who you want and who you want, but oh my gosh, it is it is a it is a lot of dominoes you're pushing over when you're just like you know when you get rid of the sons of bitches, <laughs> I'm like in the arts. Uh, we're gonna try our best to not be sons of bitches if we can with uh, the stuff we do. So so far, feel free to keep picking so up sparks, which I hear recommended on the Burnsview Wikipedia page. Nice. Um. So hey, let yeah. me just before we oh we got a letter. We got a letter from our friend Laurel. Laurel wrote to say. Her her um subject line, Eve, you were marvelous. Oh, very true. Thank you so much. She says, hello. Eve did a wonderful job as co-host. I hope she got paid. She did not get paid. I was thinking about, I think I was thinking about it, David, and can only imagine the grief when you realized that the episode was gone. <laughs> yes. Here's the thing. Things happen, as you know, and the world kept spinning. Even if you couldn't have had your Eve to help record another... We Sneaky Dragon fans would stick around. What I mean is, so you miss an episode? Accidents happen. We'd still be here for the next one. Do not be downhearted. You're kind of stuck with us. Life advice? Neither a borrower nor a lender be. Neither a borrower nor, nor a lender, lender be. <laughs> if one I say of thee. <laughs> That's one more thing. You ought to do to thine own self. Be true. If one can help it at all. And always be thankful. That's so true. I think that's very true. Yep. Uh, feeling of gratitude going through life is very important. Yep. Because there is so much to be thankful for. Of course, there's terrible things in our lives and in the world, but hey, we're yeah, here. Don't care anything to an extreme. <laughs> we're here. Don't be like, I'm thankful for everything. <laughs> How about this horrible disease? Thank you for the opportunity for me to show compassion. All right, fuck off. <laughs> Let's just bleh on the disease. Best fast food burger. Whopper Jr. with cheese. Yeah, okay. That's a sensible size. You get Always all the flavors of the Whopper, and you don't feel like a nightmare after. Here's the thing about cheese. I know I know. in that life advice thing it said I always add cheese, but I do not go that way with burgers, because I feel that cheese You don't is, like a cheeseburger. I'll, I'll do it at a home. Like, if I make a burger at home, I'll do it with cheese. But if I go to a restaurant, I want to taste like their burger, and cheese overwhelms everything else in the burger it's kind of like putting putting uh, grapefruit into a fruit salad you've just okay. turned the fruit salad into a grapefruit salad it just kind of it's just that's all i can taste i can't okay. taste the special sauce i can't taste the whatever i know it's on a big map that's just part of the thing that's yep. part of the overall experience Oubra. they they made it so it worked that's yep. how they designed it but like if you to me if you have a legendary burger it's a legendary burger 
You don't need cheese on it. I know I get a double double and it has cheese automatically. I, I know I'm being a hypocrite, but I'm just not a huge fan. But you of ask it. for no lettuce and I do ask for no lettuce and no tomato because that's not what a legendary burger it's is. It's weird. You ask for it on no one else's burgers around you. Yeah, that's right. Like, I'm so his, opposed to it. I'm so opposed to it. Yeah, you know me. So, um, wait, um, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. One more question. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Songs to get the party started. Oh, very good. Uptown Funk, Bruno Mars, and Mark Ronson. Okay. I cannot sit still when that's on, and I defy anyone else to not be jamming. Yeah. Have a great week. Love to all. Laurel R. Thank you, Laurel. Thank you so much for rating, and I will pass on your compliments to Eve. It will be very. She'll be very heartened by it. All right. I'm going to ask that question I asked earlier. Oh, what, which is what, what question was that? I wasn't what listening. What was something that your parents told you? Mm-hmm. Don't do this. Yeah. You did it. Yeah. And you're glad you did it. Okay. Yeah. So we, we recently got an email the very first time on the history of this show. And it, it will never happen. But we actually had like an actual company contact us about advertising on the show. <laughs> yeah. And I mean... It's a serious request. They want like they want us to send a bunch of stuff. That I don't even know what it means, like demographics and yeah. things like that. Um, but I'm going to ask a question: Is how do you feel about advertising on podcasts? There you go. And specifically, how would you feel if Sneaky Dragon started incorporating advertising into its podcast? Just curious, because it's something that might happen one day if we wanted to like monetize what we do, which we don't seem to do very well. But you never know. And I'm just curious what you listeners, dear listeners out there, think of advertising on podcasts there you go especially one like ours it's been around for so long and we've never mm-hmm. done it to suddenly incorporate it would i think would be i don't know feel kind of weird but mm-hmm. but, anyway. but we do do spinoff podcasts yeah so it could also be something where we put an ad onto like you know something the equivalent of horse mysteries mm. where there'd be something that maybe would make sense yeah for mm-hmm. you know people who enjoy horses or yeah something parallel or mm-hmm. yeah makes mm-hmm. sense sure yeah sure i want to say what this product is but it definitely has a lot to do with this show not, not at all. Right. Not at all. I mean, and the reality is, the if only I thing that the only thing I would hint at it is like, yeah. remember how we got uh, a treat down from down under? Yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, this also caters to things down under. Mm, that's right. Product. The bare facts, and then, um, um, you know, to, I mean, because this is a show. Yeah. Uh, that's hosted by two nuts. It's. <laughs> It's true. And as you know, yeah. uh, last year I had a concussion. Sure. So, and Dave has been through, you know, he's mentioned a couple of times cancer. So we both had like a lot of close shaves. That's true. And so. <laughs> uh, the thing is, here's the reality though, <laughs> is they can approach us. But as soon as we send our, the, the, our demographics and, and all that kind of stuff, they will never contact us again. They'll give us the shaft. They will give us, <laughs> they will give us the shaft indeed. So there you go, everyone. We can wax poetic as, as, as much as we want. <laughs> everyone, thank you for listening to the show this week. Go, Hair today, gone tomorrow <laughs> is what I say. <laughs> uh, that's good. Uh, if you want to write in to us and request more puns, you can do so by going to our website. It's called Sneaky D. Sorry, called SneakyDragon.com. www.SneakyDragon.com. Where, anyway, you can go there. You can find the show. You can leave a comment. We love it. We love to hear from you. So please do that. Hey, imitate Laurel R. Write us an email. Mm-hmm. It's uh, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. You can also, uh, what else can you do? You can um, you can go to Facebook. We have a Facebook page called Sneaky Dragon. We're on Twitter at sneaky underscore dragon. We have a Patreon. You can support the arts through Patreon. We are the arts. We are the say. children. We are the children. 
We are the world. Uh, Dave's address is like somewhere on our uh, website. It is. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yep. You just mail them stuff. Maybe <laughs> rum butter bars. <laughs> mail them a quarter pounder. <laughs> mail, mail a Carl's Jr. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Uh, thank you for listening to this show. We'll be back. Hopefully it. Hopefully this worked, by the way, because we have not turned off the uh, thing yet. So we're going to find out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if it doesn't work, uh, then much like this sponsor that is approaching us, <laughs> yeah. uh, someone's going to be getting the sack. Nice. Nice.